Hello, and welcome to Scuttlebutt, the war movie review podcast. We're happy to have you with us as we take a look at films from the dawn of cinema to today. We aim to provide a raw and unapologetic review of each film's cinematography, historical accuracy, and delivery. In the process of analysis, certain details will be revealed. These spoilers are only divulged to ensure a fair assessment of each film. We head into the heart of the surplus arms market this week with Andrew Nicholas's 2005 black market epic, Lord of War. As always, I'm joined by Mike A. Hello. Mike B. Yes, sir. Nate. Mike B went and took a piss. I was going to make fun of that, but now he's back, so never mind. And this week's special guests, Seth and Cruz. Hello. Hello. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thank you for having us on. Yeah. I appreciate your time. This is awesome. Well, you're allowed to be here. It's, uh... Well, it's definitely one of the, you know, fodder movies we've reviewed, so, you know. Well, it fits very well with kind of what we do. We're not international arms traders, but Yet. We, we, we do trade regular old surplus, so. Yeah. Put I that wish. caveat there, yeah. yeah. Imagine the movie, but just with surplus. I want a, you know, Connex container full of AK-74 magazines by my house tomorrow. Can you do that? Yeah, you and me both. <laughs> wait, wait in line. No, I want to build a wall of them around my property. With, with, we're gonna with, build a wall. Yes. It's gonna be a great wall. <laughs> well, it's funny, Brian, that you say this is the one of the more fun movies we've watched. I would say yes, but in a very True. depressing well, way. Well, they tried to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a very dark yeah, right? subject. Well, as we'll get to, but anyway, so uh, what'd you guys think? I I would say on the terms of fun, I think. Brian, what, how Brian's saying is that it's not walking through canals of shit in fucking like right, World yeah. War Two. Yeah, it's so yeah, yeah, it's not trudging across, you know, in in boots and shit. Yeah. Last last time we saw Jared Leto, he was in a much different state of mind than you know we see him in this movie. So. <laughs> what have we watched anything with him in it? Red Line. Oh right. Yeah, he's he's one of the many yeah, forgettable yeah, people. The, yeah, the one. Yeah, his great performance yeah. of not saying a single word and dying. Just, just, just that's that's how that's like the extent right. of There's his a... acting career. I think that was the peak. Yeah. Well, I guess. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I can talk about because this is I'd never seen this movie before. Um, I think uh, some people here, you know, I think had seen it before. This is my first time seeing it, and I was always kind of, let's say, hesitant to see it, but I was always kind of not interested because. I'd see things like some of the trailer and I saw like, you know, slick suits and girls in bikinis and stuff. I'm like, is this like fast and furious or something? Like, what is this? You know, <laughs> it was, it was kind of confusing me the way it looked, but, uh, then I watched it and, um, yeah, uh, very interesting, very interesting movie. You know, it felt very Scorsese ish to me. You know, it was like, uh, it was like watching the Wolf of Wall Street or, you know, Goodfellas or Casino. It's like with the narration and the time periods and, you know, uh, and all that stuff. Um, but I thought it was very interesting. It had a lot of great, a lot of great stuff in it that I found very interesting. A lot of great dialogue. Um, you know, Nicolas Cage, you never know what you're going to get with him. But I thought he was uh, very good in this movie. So, yeah, um, I was very surprised. It was not what I was expecting. It got very... Uh, very deep in some parts that I was uh, I was very surprised by. You're used to it's you. You are the Rocket Man. You're used to those lines, aren't you? With Nick Cage, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what, you never know what you're gonna get. Sometimes you'll get you know a face off. Sometimes you'll get um, matchstick men. 
I'm a vampire. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you'll get, uh, yeah. What is that movie called? Vampire Uh, in New York or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, (laughs) and uh, it's 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 it's, ridiculous. (laughs) But uh, um, sometimes you'll get that. Yeah, sometimes you'll get Leaving Las Vegas, which he won an Oscar for, and rightfully so. I love that movie. Um, Yeah, you fucking retard, man. You think I'm a retard? (laughs) What movie is that? That's where he has the weird hair. That's when he's got like the fuck Mexico. Fucking yeah, yeah, the mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's and it's it's that scene where he like he walks into a bar and just goes (laughs) fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember what movie that Jeremy, is. But... I, yeah, no, I've never seen that one, but where, where he looks yeah. like that. But no, I thought it was actually very interesting. Um, you know, uh, touching on a subject that uh, is very controversial, obviously, and uh, I um, obviously I, I don't agree with with this guy with his way of living. But it again, like a Scorsese movie, it's you know the 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 bad guy is the protagonist. You know, so it's uh, um. So it's not really about an arc necessarily. It's more of a spectacle and like a, a you know a um, uh, a uh, an exploration into who this guy is. Um, so I thought it was very good. So yeah, I, I did enjoy it a lot. It's it's probably one of the few like early two thousand movies where it's like that's like a pinnacle mm-hmm. of the genre for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll launch into minor, I guess, real quick going off of that. Like I, I, this is one of the few movies that I had on DVD, uh, on my mini like little DVD player. Cause I like, that's how old I am at this point. And <laughs> I had like a little screen and I was like, I would go on like trips and like the, it was like this movie, uh, uh, Oh God, Wind Talkers, and there's a theme here. It's not Nick Cage, but it was so <laughs> that. And and it was like another movie I care or Mascazaro. And I'd watch those three movies like on repeat, like on because I would I was constantly on my car ride trips uh, for a lot of my childhood. And um, it was that movie was it was really interesting because I haven't seen this in probably about ten years because I I definitely overwatched it uh, when I was a teenager, and it still really holds up. Um, the 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 whole story i think is just it's not like out there it's it but it it's it's good like i don't know how to describe it like it doesn't blow me away the story it's just a very interesting subject with a very interesting form of uh of getting the story across through narration you know like you wouldn't expect that to be like something to hold you to it. Like, I feel like I'd be bored by 2.5 seconds. If it was like a Paul gross film with narration, I would like, you know, hate myself. But the point is, is like, this felt really, it, the delivery system of it felt really, really good. And that whole like opening sequence is just yeah, phenomenal. It's always, and it's very, very interesting to be in the line of the field I'm in for my, for my line of work and knowing how that is actually filmed and how that actually was done. It's very interesting how they were able to kind of compile everything together over the years. Uh, the CG doesn't hold up anymore. I but... thought that during that, when it showed the, the casing getting made, I'm like, Ooh, that's, that is yeah. very shiny. Ooh, that is, uh, <laughs> that is Shrek quality right there. It's like, like watching yeah. the, the, you know, the star Wars prequels today. Yeah. 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 That. But it, but it's still like the way the, the, the concept of it is very unique. And I think that is uh, definitely something that, unfortunately, I try not to copy uh, 
like without realizing it. Like a lot of my great ideas of stuff like that, like recently I've been like, oh, I could do it. Like, no, don't do it like the casing in Lord of War. Don't do it like that. Um, but yeah, no, um, the movie still holds up really well, but I'll, I'll pass the torch off. Um, who wants to jump in? Hey, well, I have a few things to say about this movie. Um, <laughs> I definitely like, I definitely like Nick Cage more than Jared Leto. Jared Leto sucks. Um, <laughs> as a person or his character? Both. To, and oh, his okay. acting career. I don't like him, but sorry, Jared Leto, if you're okay. listening to this, uh, go fuck yourself. But, no, I, like, I, you know, it's, it's, I agree with you, Nate, in that it's sort of, you know, there's a lot of movies that are sort of like it, but not really. Like, it sort of touches on a subject that not a lot of people talk about and don't really understand. And honestly, is rampant right now with the war in Ukraine. There's a lot of black market firearms and weapons systems that are being traded around. And there's a lot of guys like this that exist. Um, you know, people see all these movies from back in the day and they say like, oh, you know, that stuff happened, but it's not happening anymore. Like it's, you know, especially with just like a lot of clandestine stuff, like a lot of spy movies that came out back then, like that's going on right now. It's going on in Ukraine. Ukraine's the testing ground for all the new weapon systems and all this crazy shit that's going on. But what you also have is you have a lot of like crime, organized crime going on within the ranks of, you know, militaries that are involved in the, I'm not going to go into specifics and get get into politics, but you know, it, it does happen quite a bit, so, you know, it's just, it's it's interesting to watch this movie and see that, because, you know, a lot of the weapons that are currently being used in these modern conflicts are weapons from the Cold War, you know, and you can see that the actual guy that the movie's based on, you know, got out of, he got swapped in a prisoner exchange, and he's back in Russia now, so, you know, it's just kind of interesting to see how all that unfolds over time, and just how it's still just as prevalent today as it was back then, so... Oh, isn't that who we traded for um, the WNBA basketball player for the basketball? Yes. The, good, yes. Good stuff. Good. Good trade. Yeah. Good trade. Yeah. Even. Yeah. Even yeah. fair, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Great trade. Best trade ever in the history of the world. It's the best anyway. trade ever. I'm going to tell you that right now. Good deal. <laughs> <laughs> we'll stay away from that subject, but yeah. <laughs> you want to go down that rabbit hole in the nope, middle of this movie? Nope. 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 <laughs> Uh, no but uh no but i 100 percent agree with you peter on, on all that and it's just it's very interesting looking at this almost oh jesus almost 20 years later and it's just like oh god i just aged i just I felt know, myself depressing aged. wasn't it to think about oh my god just in the mental arithmetic and i just aged oh it's like one of those core movies and any sort of, especially Eastern Bloc military enjoyers. There's like a few movies that I would say is on the required watching if you're involved in any sort of way. And I think Lord of War is one of, if not the main one, when it comes to anything AK related. And I think it was really a pivotal moment in, in film. And... Just once you get into the logistics behind how they filmed the movie, it's really a whole fascinating story on its own. But I think if there was like a short list of three or four films that anybody involved in, in the type of things that I like in Eastern Bloc collecting, it's it's up there at the top. 
I don't think I've ever seen that many AKs on a rack ever in my <laughs> life. So, you know, like yeah, like, I think there were three thousand yeah. in the film. I, I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure some of them are real. And then I think I think I don't know if they all were real. If I, that would be a wonderful thing for I should have dived in on. So Go I can it. actually tell you this because, like I said, there's this few few uh, topics in the movie that really strike out to people who are really into the collecting. So there were 3,000 AKs on the film, and they're real. It was they cheaper to buy real ones for the film than it was to either have fake ones made or to rent fake ones. What they did is they bought real ones from an arms dealer who then they then resold them back to the arms dealer right after filming, obviously for slightly less, so the guy made a profit off of just renting them. But they, they actually legally bought them. Uh, same with the scene of the the tanks. It was filmed in the Czech Republic, and they actually had to they had a time limit on how long they could use them for because they were actually going to Libya. So they had these tanks for a certain amount of time before they were shipped off to Libya. So they had to get the filming done. And not only that, they had to inform, I believe it was NATO, because on the satellite images of that filming location, it would display like this massive buildup of military equipment in like the Czech Republic. And that would set off warning bells. So it's, it was funny that, you know, the stuff that they used for the movie was real and to the scale that they were able to do it is yeah. mind blowing in yep. my opinion. Fascinating. I remember, I, I can't remember who I watched, but there's someone did a breakdown of that scene. There's, there's a couple of type ones in there too, like on the, on the racks and stuff like that. And like a a bunch of things like that. I mean, it it's just <clears throat> like you see numbers on on like a piece of paper, but it doesn't. You don't. You can't. You can't like picture three thousand AKs until you see three thousand AKs. Like it's just it's exactly really interesting. exactly. I don't know if you saw the the pictures of the U.S. Navy sees like an Iranian vessel and they laid out like five thousand AKs that they had seized off this vessel all on the deck of the ship. And it's just endless, endless AKs for as long as you can and see. And it's kind of the same thing. It's just that many AKs in one place and that they were able to do it with real AKs instead of like cheap rubber produced Hollywood uh, uh, replicas. Now, are we talking about that warehouse where it's just like A2s piled up like as far as you can see? Like, well, uh, it, it Cause so the, I don't know that's about the twos, but I do know when they're walking it, well, through. Yeah, so that was definitely a big part of it, and that that definitely was real based off of history. But I don't know if those were the actual the, the scene that we're talking about. That. Mike is is the scene where he goes to his uncle and they're inspecting all the Soviet Union stockpiles. Okay, I, and they well, and I, they walk through the armor. They walk through like the bunker, and it's just yep. like racks and racks of AKs of uh, VZ58s not AKs was it VZ58s well, no, here's, here's the thing it? Mike is like they um, I'll interject a little bit right here is the Czechs were or Czechoslovakian military was issued AKs from the Soviet Union right they didn't like them for whatever reason they always had a problem with Soviet engineered shit and this is just speculation but my speculation would be they got all these things in probably the 50s or early 60s and they just let them sit and they came out with their VZ-58 and then used those. And then that's why these things were just sitting. But this is also Ukraine. 
right in the in the film right but like um which would also be realistic but like mm-hmm. where they were filming in Czech, or Czech Republic at that point they could have had an entire warehouse full of AKs that were completely unused because they said fuck that we're going to VZ58 and okay we have them use the same ammo different mags but like yeah and so they are v- Mike A is correct though they are VZ 58s in the armory scene but but the, sure. but the stock but, is diff- the back stock okay. but yeah yeah, yeah. Yes, I just yes. that's what I was remembering I couldn't remember but even that's impressive though oh, VZ 58s yeah. <laughs> thousands of VZ 58s <laughs> yeah 3000 VZ 58s is insane like if you yeah. think about cuz Czechoslovakia during the Cold War was basically one of the quote unquote buffer countries speed bump if world war three was going to kick off right the czechs czechoslovakians didn't like that uh situation i guess to begin with and so they probably stockpiled a bunch of shit but they rarely fielded it they didn't like to do um you know field exercises and shit like they were they were one of the quote-unquote problem countries of the soviet union because they were a quote-unquote satellite country and i don't know how the hell they they did that those scenes, but like it's wow. pretty accurate, you know. The ones that that I was blown away by is those, where it's just uh like the T seventy twos. Well, no, it's just like M sixteens and whatever. They're just like thrown yeah, yeah, on top of each piles, other. They're just yeah. like piled up. Yeah, and right. it's like yeah. I mean that's probably all a bunch of rubber props, but uh, yeah, still like a, a sight to behold when you see something like. But that. But again, you know? the U S. has been in Europe for well since World War Two, right. and it's like so. And that they they did they did specify that in that scene, they go and it's the same today and it's bullshit. It would cost more to ship them all back and whatever than to just produce more shit. And that's why we left shit again. Not getting political. I'm just stating facts. Um, we left shit in Afghanistan, Iraq, everywhere that we fucking go. It's cheaper to just leave it there and just get more shit made. Apparently, according to the powers that be than to pay to have it shipped back. And that's why you would probably see these big piles of M16A2s just thrown about, you know? Yeah, so there's actually a term. I think it's a more recent term, but it's a whole phenomenon around the U.S. leaving gear everywhere. Um, I heard a Ukrainian friend of mine refer to them as bush markets, where outside the back of the... um, Military bases, they just have markets with all this U.S. gear that had been surplus. A buddy of mine in Kyrgyzstan, he got his uh, start into surplus by selling surplus U.S. boots in Kyrgyzstan because we had a base there. um, And when we were leaving or circling out, they just dumped them on the local markets rather than dealing with them. Same thing in even Germany and Ukraine and stuff like that. All over the world where the U.S. has been, it's just cheaper for them to, to... offload them on the local surplus market than it is to bring them back. And that even goes to gear, not even just guns, but field gear, helmets, boots, yeah, stuff um, like that. Really quick, I'm, I'm going to just do my uh, my intro kind of thoughts and everything, and then we'll let Brian do that. And then um, then we'll go in, because this, this is a really good talk. But we, just, we do need to kind of do this thing, which we always do, is like the intro thoughts and everything on the film. And then we'll circle back definitely to this conversation, because it's extremely relevant to the film and the film review. So uh, initial thoughts. Um, like Nate said, I, I saw this thing back in, um, I think, I don't, 
it wasn't right when it came out, but I, th- I think I actually saw it in Iraq when I was there and I was going through a movie binge and it was amazing. And I saw it and it, it I don't really like a lot of Nicolas Cage movies it, just because I don't know if he's been casted wrong or whatever. It's not my thing. Nothing wrong with him, I guess, but like whatever. And anyway, in this, in this particular uh, instance with this film, his performance was great. And um, Seth, I disagree with your uh, analysis of um, Jared Leto in this particular film. He was good in this movie. I'll give it to you. I'll give you that. Okay. One. Because here's, a, yeah. Okay. So, and I'll get into that just briefly and then we'll let Brian go give his initial thoughts and then we'll uh, get back to the conversation. Um, no, I thought it was extremely well acted because to me, Nick Cage, honestly, in a lot of roles seems very wooden and like very like, you know, to expect and like, Again, I think it's more of the casting than it is his um, ability to perform as an actor. But in this one, you need somebody like that to be a wooden kind of, uh, I don't give a shit. Even if my life's falling apart, I don't give a flying fuck because I'm making money, you know, kind of thing. And I think he fucking nailed that. And Jared Leto also played this like really troubled brother of his. He loves his brother. And obviously that's why the film ends the way it does is because his brother gets killed. He loves his brother, but he also understands, okay, he's got massive, massive substance problems and that's going to be a liability for me and whatever and blah, blah, blah. And I think Jared uh, actually played that pretty fucking well. Um, like when he goes into the, uh, the, the hotel in um, Liberia and Jared's sitting there and he's, he's like making a fucking map of Ukraine with cocaine. It's like, yeah, it's, bit of a problem he, he has lots of practice right and that's the thing is right <laughs> well, no, no, <laughs> i was gonna say in that. all seriousness <laughs> like that's what made it like believable it, it sold it yeah no i agree it's like yeah. he was he was just coked out of his fucking mind he was losing his mind but it was so believable and then his brother's like oh, whatever okay so with that and then all the uh deals that he's doing the way he's again wooden um is good because that's how you need to be if you're going to be dealing with people like he was dealing with and yeah, like Mike A said earlier, like it's fucking depressing. It really is. Like when you think about it, like, but he just tries to put it out of his mind until, until the shit happens with his brother. And then he's like, oh, this is too close to fucking home. And he just kind of gives up. Uh, overall, I actually, I, I like this film as a teen and I like it now still. It does hold up, like you said, Nate. And so, yeah, I really actually, I do quite like this, even if it's just loosely based on a person or a couple things. So, yeah. Anyway, Brian, what's your thoughts, initial thoughts? Or, sorry, Nate? No, I, I was going to that's what I was going to say, that, that um, let's let Brian, let's let Brian get in finally. And I do want to say that the cinematography in this film, like kind of like what Mike A said about Scorsese kind of feeling. Yes. It it has a lot of that feeling. And I just watched the departed after this. And I will oh. say it is very similar in, in terms of some of its shots. Yeah. It's very interesting that you said that Mike. Yeah, a. That's what I, I was, that just hit me. That's what I was so. thinking the whole time. Well, there's that scene in the Departed where he has the Jesus frame and it's like the guy wakes up and then he smashes it on his head. Like, I love that shot. There was a lot of that kind of feeling, but there's a lot of intense angles. Anyway, Brian, <laughs> sorry, go. That's on me. No, I That's on me. agree that yeah, guys are bringing some interesting points about the Scorsese aspects of it and how it's shot and everything. Um, I will totally 
I will totally double down on the fact that Jared Leto is a horrible cast for this movie and he barely got his way through it. I really didn't enjoy his performance at all. Yes, he's good at being a cokehead, but that's because he is a cokehead. But I don't know. It's like his Batman performance or like anything else he does since The Thin Red Line. It's just not that good, but it's a speculative. Luckily, it's only a sportive role, so it didn't you know, tank it. Everything else is cast so fucking well. And there's so many great Easter eggs in this movie. Like, it's interesting, you know, and it's a hard subject to do because it's like, you know, they want to talk about black markets and how cool that can be in a way, but also, you know, the realistic side of it. So I don't know. I feel like his bad acting kind of showed some of the plot points through. But other than that, no, it's a really awesome film. I haven't seen it for probably about five or six years. And uh, I'm really glad that um, we're getting into it. But one thing I did want to start out with, and I'll just let it play in the background because, you know, this is something that we... We're going to talk about for a little bit of time um, is the beginning because <laughs> it's just fucking awesome. So let me share my screen. Where was the priming station? <laughs> Even from the first line, you know, <laughs> when. Um... <laughs> no, I, 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 this is one of my all time. I told Mike this earlier. One of my all time favorite fucking openings. Yeah. It just so really quick. Mike, it's your comment about it's so shiny brass. Yeah. Fresh brass is very fucking shiny. Oh, I know. I'm just like, just this. The, I can tell. This is CG. all computer denigration. You know, I, I think he oh, means yeah, this more like. I, I think I think he more means like the the rusted ass metal being shiny as well. Yeah, I think that's yeah, what he means. Like a, um, it, it's like uh, the Polar Express type of vibes. Yeah, so <laughs> that's so, same age though. So, you know, like. Yeah, yeah this is so, the Polar Express. So I, right <laughs> so I wanted, so I wanted to uh, just because. Well, us being an audio podcast, it's hard to, you know, talk about what we're seeing here currently. But the the I'll try to put some stills yeah. on YouTube. Um, but the thing is, is that what's very interesting about the way this this is filmed is that this whole box and all the ammo and the obviously the one case that's all CG. Um, also, really that quick, is I'm going to all... jump in, Nate. I have to interrupt you. Yeah. There's no yeah. fucking way they would ever put loose ammo in a yeah. fucking wood. Yeah, yeah in a crate like was, that. There's I was no, gonna... no packaging, no nothing. I was going to say, unless it's like, you know, it's too spam Czech kings. Republic. It's too spam. Yeah. No, unless... even the Czechs yeah. didn't do that. They, they actually. No, I know yeah. that. I No, no, no. I, well, I was going to say, unless it's like, you know, dirty, you know, we, we surplus, we can't put this ammo in anything because all the boxes fell apart so we sell it to americans in a in a if loose you, tub if and you it, watch a lot of russian you know. combat footage what they do is they have a guy in the background who opens up the spam cans and dumps all yep. the cardboard into the wood box and then they go through correct it. yeah yeah yes but, yeah. so it's but okay it's for like, the no film. they're they're, cool. they're definitely going to be in spam cans because like they yeah, yeah. that's the one uh, thing uh, that uh, i bitch uh, about uh, this and the primers uh, other than other than our other than our you know Proper military etiquette of storage. Was of it eight eighty seven six two to a spam can? Two two eight eighty cans is sixteen or what is it? I forget. I think that's what the armament is because it was thirteen hundred or something for five five. No, for 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 uh seven sixty three nine. It's like seven hundred. Yeah, seven hundred. Oh, seven hundred round can. cans. It's fourteen hundred per okay. fourteen hundred per per. Crate. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so then two spam cans. Yep. So so I so I was just yeah. saying is that that the whole the whole crate scene that's all one you know the the crate the ammo and the single round that's all CG and then they're 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 um putting everything over a mat and so they're putting that over that and so of all the interactions anything that is grabbing that round is CG or moving yep. or whatever the very interesting thing that I I thought was cool was that when the round is rolling on the to about to go off the pier. That's just a camera, like in a housing, just going around and around mm-hmm. and around and around. 
or they're rotating a post. It is a um, fantastic fucking scene though. Let's, yeah. Oh yeah. I, I don't care. Yeah. Like, but that, but that finger, that finger scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, like yeah. all that, all that, all that's all I like, think, but it's just very interesting to see how they paint this over with live and all that kind of thing. Well, talk about a hook, um, you know, for a film. And it's like, okay, exactly. Well, mm-hmm. And like, that's the thing is like, it caught me initially when I watched it. You're fucking, I don't know, fucking almost 20. God damn. You're right, Nate. See, yeah. I just did it to you and too. Well, yeah. it, uh, like, and of course, yeah. it has a great punchline to it, which is that the bullet ends up in a child's head. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, it's it's not like it goes into a, the chest of another mercenary. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, or something. Or, I'll just know. say this quick: people don't realize how fucking insane the '90s was in Africa, especially like West Africa, <laughs> Liberia, and stuff. A lot of the very good combat photographers, like uh, Stephen Junger or whatever it was, the guy that got killed, he was in Restrepo. He cut his teeth in Liberia and like all those West African states that went crazy in the late 90s. You know, it's like people think about today like, oh, Rhodesia and stuff. And it's like that kept going. And then it went up like, you know, now there's nobody to support these people. And they just have money and diamonds. And yeah, it got really bad. But Africa is just insane. And the fact that they have the the crazy fucking Russian pilots, because that was a, a thing as well. Like these guys didn't have a job anymore. So go to Africa and do these crazy fucking things and make a ton of money. Like I know there's a huge um, Russian pilot enclave in Uganda. They basically yeah, that, like, built that's the still country a thing. They still fly yeah. like Soviet airplanes, which haven't been updated, have absolutely terrible safety records. They fly them all over Africa. They're literal pieces of junk. And even today there's a huge population of Russian pilots who basically fly all over Africa. It's, you know, in fucking sane. And that was, you know, back in the day, Vice News did a few good things. And they did this awesome thing about that. Like probably around this time this came out. And it's fucking so cool. And it's just funny. You look at Russia's influence in Africa today. And it's like, they've been there for a long time. Private interest in the beginning, you know. But uh, no, it's a lot of, like I said, there's so many Easter eggs in this movie, you know. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Seth, what do you think about the opening? Uh scene yeah i mean it definitely i think it's a good i think it was literally the perfect scene to set the stage for what the director was trying to communicate because i know like you said mike a that you know you thought it was going to be this whole like you know cocaine and and hookers and making tons of money kind of movie but like it really shows just like because at first i was like i remember when i first saw the movie i was a little kid but it first came out, and I was like, oh, this is like a cool war movie. And then I saw this, and I was like, oh, yeah, God. I know. <laughs> you said little yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, uh, no, and I was no, like, no, wait, no. why is that chi- like child getting shot in the head? And then, <laughs> and then the movie just kept progressing. I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's like doing something horrible. And that sort of led me into the avenue of realizing, like, wow, there's some really fucked up shit that goes on in the world. And I think that's exactly what the director was trying to do. And it's literally like the perfect scene. There's other stuff like, oh, yeah, the ammo's obviously it should be in those little paper, like, you know, uh, like it's just it's it's semantics. Yeah, it's, it's just it's, semantics. And the shit. average person yeah. is not going to have any not at idea all. That it's Anyone that has an SKS will know. Exactly. <laughs> and like I it, it, when stuff like that happens in movies, if it's not like super, you know, like, oh, you know, obvious that it's like, why would the director choose to make it like that when that wasn't the case? Like, that's a completely historically accurate. But if it's like little small stuff like that, like I literally couldn't care less because you have to understand from a filmmaker's perspective is that 99% of people do not give a two shits about like details like that. And you want to sell the movie and you want to make a profit. So you have, you just have to, you know, sometimes 
cut corners like that, and they don't always have the people on set or you know that are involved in the production that know those small details. They obviously had some great people that knew what they were doing and knew what they were talking about, but you know. So, but yeah, great scene. I love it. Yeah, great, great intro. Which, which unfortunately makes it so that if anyone were to do anything like that, they're just like, oh, that's the, they just copy Lord of War's intro. Okay. Right. You know, like. <laughs> well, it's funny. It's done. It's been had. Yeah. 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 And it, but it's so, it's so predominant. Like, like it's, if you see that, it's like, you know, that's from that movie. So Good, Brian, the Brian, other, Brian. um, you know, like arms movie you get is dogs of war, you know, which is that. Is that the uh, Jonah Hill? Or that? No, 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 no. So, yeah, there's two of them. There's the 1980s. Um, oh, one okay, that's what we with Christopher Walken. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to uh, what's this country? Yeah, Zingaru Z- was a real place, Brian. Zingaro. Yeah. And then fucking uh, there's the other one with uh, who's fucking Jonah Hill. Jonah and, Hill. Uh, what's his name? The other guy who's a great actor. He was in Abbott too. Is that the guy from Whiplash? Yeah. Yep. That's the same kid. Okay. Yep. Miles Teller. Oh, it's him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can't remember his name. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. But yeah. I've seen clips. Never seen the whole thing. We'll want to see it someday. So go ahead, Brian. Yes, but you know that's the other one they have, and that is just you know that's more of like a stoner comedy in reality, and it holds nothing up to this. But like Nate said, like how are you gonna outdo this? You know, it just comes off so strong. It's like somebody's like they're giving me funding to make a fucking Black Arms market movie. Let's just fucking and with Nick Cage, like fucking let's do it. You know? Yeah. And they they really pulled out all the stops and did a great job. Um, you know, the the times you have like the agent show up, it's a little annoying, you know. But well, that's but the plot, you know. Ethan Hawke is a phenomenal. He's amazing. Oh yeah, he's actor. great. Really, really good. Yeah, really good Absolutely. character too. So, so Brian, do you think that was unrealistic or? Well, I don't know. Just for me, I felt like the brother and the you know, the cop, you know, Ethan Hawke, they were the. I don't know. They were just plot points that I know like what they were trying to do, like good and bad or, or how they get affected by what Nick Cage is doing in the film. But it just I don't know the way that they were doing it. just was so overboard where I just could see through it. You know, I don't know. It's I, I was just going to say it. The, I do think Ethan Hawke's character is kind of weak. I would rather have. um, Is it Leto? Leto? Jared Leto. His, Jared his Leto. I wanted to say. I wanted to say. Um, who's the guy with the who's the crimson chin? Jay Leno. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. Uh, Jay Leno was not in this movie. <laughs> oh, fuck. I, I kept. I kept trying to Excellent say that in my head. I'm Excellent like, thank you. But yeah. imagine if he was. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Just imagine. <laughs> yeah, you find him. Find AK-47. You get me for yeah. arms yeah. dealership in Liberia, huh? Now, let's go. Let's look at the news feed. Hi. Huh? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Sorry. So. Uh, so. 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 Jared Leto. Like I. 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 I didn't mind. Like it seems like we have a kind of two camps. We have Jared Leto as a piece of shit. We don't like him, in this movie, and we think he's weak. And then there's then then he's okay. I think. I think. I mean, his acting wasn't phenomenal, but I think it does. It does pull the story along. Brian says it's kind of just boring, meandering, pulling the story along. I think it it does ground Nick Cage's character yeah. if we talk about the story a whole lot more than the wife. 
yeah. I don't give a crap about the wife and all that other crap. I understand why, because they're saying like he has to get more money to keep up the facade of that he's this rich billionaire. So I understand the reason for that. But if you told me like, what do I want to watch a movie about? I want to watch a movie about the brother who has a coke problem and the agent more than the wife. Yeah, I That's can see what me. you're saying. How the wife character yeah. stuff like it seemed like that was building up towards something much more drastic in the movie, and it's just her walking out the door. You know, but that that is to be fair, that is drastic. It is, but I don't know. In the movie, it was just kind of like, oh, blip, that's it. I, I think, I think, in, and then we'll let Brian yep. talk, is that I think the crescendo is what we were looking for, and it, it kind of peters out. I don't di- I, I don't dislike the wife stuff, honestly. I just, uh, I, I was interested, like, oh, I see what's where this is going, but I felt like it, uh, the payoff at the very end of that whole story was kind of like, yeah, but it's, it's like, it's not going to kill the movie for me. I, again, you know? like, I'd rather... Not that I don't like it or don't want it. It's just I'd rather have more other conflicts than that conflict. That's all I'm saying. Brian, go. You know, again, like if we really want to push buttons here, you know, the everything around the arms dealing in this film is really weak, you know, and it's like they don't touch on it enough where it can really have an effect. Like, you know, Michael was saying, you're, you're building up to this plot point of something's going to happen. Oh, my God, he gets arrested. And then it's like his wife leaves him. And then it's like, oh. Well, nothing really happens because I'm a pawn of the game and they need me. And it's like, which is interesting. Don't get me wrong. But just, I don't know. It's like what this film has going for it is like just the awesome sets and props and cool things about arms dealing. And then they're like, well, you have to make this more human. And they're like, oh, well, fuck. Um, like, you're right. Do this. You know, and it's like well, it's just not not delivered enough. I don't know. That stuff you know, doesn't congeal. That stuff, in my mind. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like. That stuff, I, um, I, I, I was again. It's, it's, it's very Scorsese where he, they, they set up where it's all, it's very sexy. You know, everything is like it's very alluring and and all that stuff. And, uh, and um, I kind of liked that a little ways past the halfway mark, it kind of shifted a little bit to where like you know the wife was like was kind of confronting him with this stuff. I guess. Uh, uh, let's let's have Seth go because I think he has something to say. Oh no! If you're gonna you gotta finish what you're gonna say, go. For no, it. no, no. Go ahead. Um, what I was gonna say is, as far as I know, isn't the the actual real life counterpart to, um, Nick Cage's character? Isn't he like an ethnically Russian person who grew up in Russia? Yeah, it's a guy who got. Yeah, free. so I believe yeah. so. And the story was I, based off of what's his face, the Merchant yeah. of Death or something. Yep. Yeah, Victor Bond. I didn't understand. That was like, and if they're basing this movie on a real person and they wanted to make this a good movie, I don't know why the fuck you'd want to pick Nick Cage for that. He did a great performance, but I would have, ra- you know, I would have rather like there be some cool new actor who's maybe does a convincing Russian accent and can speak fluent Russian because I don't want to hear a guy talk like this the whole time and be like, you know, Dasudanya, son, uh, I'm gonna sell some AKs. Bratia, <laughs> Bratia. Viva in his defense, his Russian wasn't half. No, it was it was it was um, pretty decent. I, I I think they did take the time to actually teach him like dialect and actual like speaking the language correctly. Not re- not Red Dawn Russian, but you know. But but remember, this is two thousand five. Yes. Okay, so this is height of. We're going off of late nineties, early two thousands. Nick Cage height, and. You know, put the bunny back in the box. You know, like you, you're you're coming off of that era. It's my favorite so, movie like, ever, dude. <laughs> best movie ever. Uh, and and the thing is, is that you know, I 
as much as I, you, you look at that and you go, Nick Cage in a serious drama, you know? But the thing is, is that, would you, ra- I'd ra- I'm, I'm so happy that they decided just to have Nick Cage be Nick Cage with who knows slightly Russian, then, then like, you know, Nick Cage trying to put on a fake accent, yeah. <laughs> like, then like, it would be horrible. Like how he was like, fake Italian in the Captain Corelli's mandolin. I guess it's know? kind right. of a Valkyrie or, approach, or, but it's like, if you do a Valkyrie approach, you got to commit to the whole thing. You got to have everybody speaking. The, right. You know. Right. And, and, and the thing is, is like, think of it it's 2005 who the fuck is going to be doing anything russian in 2005 russians are still the bad guys in cinema at this point so it's like you know we're we're when i put quotation there because it's an audio podcast not a visual podcast but the thing is it's like that's the problem it's like if i think back to 2005 i can't think of anyone that that carries the same hollywood credentials of pulling people to the theater than Nick Cage. And if Nick Cage is doing a drama that isn't, I'm a vampire, I'm a vampire, then I think we're okay. You know, Brian, go. Quiz time. <laughs> what movie came out right before this that Nick Cage was in? Uh, National Tr- so What is he coming off of when oh, he was this in this? Is, this is tough, dude. Ghost Rider. Uh, no, that was 2006. Uh, um, uh, I... That's what I was gonna say with Ghost Rider. Uh, that's a hard one, dude, because Nick, um, he's he's in everything. So many I know. Movies. Was it the Knowing or whatever that weird alien apocalyptic oh, movie? Oh god, was? That no, movie. that was no. So that, it wasn't. It was like oh nine or it's something. It's not that. It's, it's, it's not, not Ghost Rider. I'll give you one more shot. Or that came after. It is yes, okay. That's it what it was. National. It treasure. is. I literally it's fucking nas- just said oh. that, and I was like. Oh. Well, I had to give people a little bit of time. I was going to say you were right in a second. I, 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 did, I, did, I honestly, I yeah. did second guess. No, you were right. National I, did, I did second guess yeah. myself. So. And then you, then you thought yeah. yourself were wrong. I thought I was wrong. Yeah, so you were I second like, oh, guess myself. That's nope. my bad. Yeah. Nope. So we have National oh, Treasure, which is a great film. Movie. I'm not yeah, it's, lie. it's like, very I, fun. That was yep. a great film. I was the right age for it, too. So it was nice. You know, fucking. I went to Philadelphia not too long after that. And I was like, do we have a hundred dollar bill? Like, you know. Where's Benjamin Franklin's bifocals? I remember when Ghost Rider came out, I was like, what the fuck is this? I'm also. That's a terrible movie. Yeah. That's a terrible I hear they're bringing him back into like some DC universe. Deadpool 3. Who gives a shit? Those aren't movies. Oh, God. Mike, yeah, you shut your mouth. You don't know what you're talking about. Shut up. Those aren't movies. Those are fucking. Shut up. Three quarters of them can go to hell, but the rest of the quarter is actually good. Those aren't movies. Those are carnival rides. You sound like the so. midget Scorsese. Okay, all right. Like, <laughs> holy fuck! You gotta grow out Shots your eyebrows fired. more, and you'll make you'll be you'll be clones. All right. I love the first sale he makes. Oh he's like yeah, so and he's it, also you know? terrified. He's like, <laughs> like any used car salesman. Well, it's also a, it's a micro Uzi. The micro the Uzi, yeah. <laughs> I, I was gonna I actually, say a micro. Yeah. I was like, I was surprised. I thought at least be the the collapsing stock one. Um. Like the actual, yeah. but you know, but you know what, you know, that scene really does emphasize the writing in this mm-hmm. movie. Um, how many recent war movies have we done? Nice, yeah. nice, that's cool. Yeah, how many <laughs> recent, how many does that fit in the camcorder yeah. box? Yeah, yeah. Yes, it will. Can definitely. you fit two of them in there? Yeah, <laughs> yes, you can. Did, did, did you think the way he put the rounds in it to be odd? He like stacked. They're in like a square. I guess if if you felt. What do you mean? Like I I guess I guess he was putting the rounds in to fill two 
full mag micro Uzis, and it just was like a square in the middle of the packaging. It was just weird. They were standing up. Like, they weren't, like, they were loosely standing up in, like, a square. It was odd. Oh, oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I guess that's just the way It's just he... aesthetic. It's just, it, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's like a chef. Like, their Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you told me, like, I wouldn't want to do it that way. But yeah, I guess it's, yeah. If you want to make someone buy something, it's like, like Brian said, like a used car. You got to make, you got to. Exactly. You got to yep. slap it, you know. He, yeah. He's so into it. it there's so many but, details. That you but know, I was going to say, like, that, is, that scene is the pinnacle of, I think, the rarity of good writing. Um in a Nick Cage yeah. film, number one, <laughs> number two, in a war film, because how, like I said before, Mike sat down, is that you know how how recently, how many war films have we done recently where the writing is just like the line dialogue is just cheesy or bad god-awful. or god awful. It's like yeah, it, it was it was nice to have good, in I would like to say inventive dialogue because it's just stuff you don't hear that much. But also, Nick, in, in that scene, in that particular scene, like the, the first sale he made right, with the micro Uzis, he legitimately looked nervous. So I don't know what the hell happened, like mm-hmm. how they got him to do that. But he was like, and the guy points at that, and he goes, you can put this at me and whatever, with silencers and all that shit. And he, he does, and it's like, your first sale, you get a gun pointed at you with a fucking round in the chamber. But you can't, you can't, you can't buy from me again if you shoot me. So exactly, yeah. yep. Yeah. That's, and then, a, that's so, a salesman right there. Yeah, you know, go ahead, Brian. It reminded me kind of of the Scarface scene when they go do the the deal with the Colombians and it goes bad, you know, like how it's so dark and everything. Like I kind of think that was influencing it, you know, and how he was so hyped up to do it. Um, but also, it reminds me in a way of Jackie Brown because you have fucking uh, Samuel L. Jackson being an arms dealer in that. He did such a good job. At one point, he's just like talking about getting M60s from the Desert Storm. <laughs> he's so hyped up. He's like, these motherfuckers. <laughs> it's like just so into it. So no one did this Korean, one did that Korean, and good to go. <laughs> Sorry? I said they're going to Rambo. Good to yeah. Yeah, one, yeah, two, right? or three. <laughs> one, two. <laughs> and I want, and I want, and, and yeah, Mike right? A would have been great if he just showed up with a blue light stick. You can go. <laughs> it's a blue light. Yeah, it goes blue. Um, you you had your hand up. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, what what the hell are we just talking about? Glow um, blue. <laughs> so, yeah. yep, yep, yep. I'm sorry, um, I distracted you with glow okay. blue. So. No, it's okay. It no, we were, we were talking about great writing and all that, and this movie had a lot of great scenes in it that I was very surprised. I say surprised by and like delighted by. I loved, absolutely loved the plane scene where the plane gets dismantled. You know, oh yeah. Uh, that is that was so good, and the way they did it with the time lapse that was so cool. Guns, you know, and he's just, grenades, hooray! Well, well, that that part, like that that part, yeah. But like the, right after that, when he sits there and he's like, "It's inevitable that people are going to come and strip this thing within twenty four hours," mm-hmm. and it just shows the time lapse of it, and it's like it's just it's the law of Africa that like everything eventually just returns to raw form, you know. And it's like, damn, that is. Fucking uh, and the way they did it was was just great with the time lapse. They said they're was, cuffed. Yep. Yeah. That's why like you get so many yeah. good Easter eggs. You know, it's like you could just take so many parts of this film and just like, wow, that exists. Right. That's awesome. Talk, talking about the plane thing, and this was leading into my thought. I was gonna say this, but this is a good lead in. They do montages really well in this movie. Yes. Like one of my favorite one of my favorite things. He's like, you know, he's trying to show the hypocrisy of arms dealing. You know, I'm selling Israeli-made Uzis to Muslims. 
and it shows the the guy all in white, one handing an Uzi with that like that really unique Ronald angle Reagan. with the color and all that. Like just really good. And it's like the montages and stuff like that that they show through the movie, like you know the fast forwarding of the plane being just de de being de ah, deconstructed, the the whole you know montage of different nationalities buying different arms and that whole thing. It works really well all throughout the movie. And whoever was the cinematographer. I want to. I, I I'm going to look it up when I hand off to Brian real quick. I want to. I want to look at the cinematography because I want to see what this guy has also done. Because I'd be curious to know if it's any other films that I know. Uh, Brian, go ahead. The angles that they use were great. Like especially the scene where they have the AK and it's like almost upside down in a way, but it works perfectly. You know, and like they have the they, the guy the way they move the magazine before they do the rock and roll. Like I don't know, it, it's like an HGTV ad. You know, but it was filmed very well. Um, yeah, it's it's very interesting. And the first kind of use of slow motion in a film, like actual slow motion in a film, um, when that uh, Taliban guy's shooting down in Afghanistan and he's shooting in slow motion, you can tell it's a high-speed camera, an early days uh, high-speed mm-hmm. camera because of the light flickering with the framing. Like, it's, it's different. It's not just slow-rate filmmaking it's actual high speed cameras and in 2005 they were really just starting to kind of use that stuff yeah so chris what did you think about that whole thing when they were um when he was uh selling up his the taliban and then like testing him out and shit i think it was an interesting scene because i mean it definitely actually happened maybe not exactly like that like the the guy who was based off of I believe he was in the Soviet military at the time. So he wasn't selling to the the Taliban. But there were American arms dealers who were selling to the Taliban who ended up becoming, you know, Al-Qaeda and all that. And I think it's an interesting scene to add in because a lot of people don't realize the extent of support that we offered to the Mujahideen during the Soviet-Afghan war. Yes. Uh, it was more than just limited. We had guys on the ground. We had, we were selling them stuff. The Pakistanis were selling them stuff. That's why there's all those pictures of uh, Soviets with M16s and stuff in Afghanistan because they were able to find those here and there. And they came up with all these different weird trophy weapons just because of the amount of outside weaponry that was being poured into Afghanistan. It's insane, you know, and this it's part of every war, you know. There's a really good book and I think I think Seth knows about it. It's called uh was oh, I forget the name, but fuck it. it's that Chechen war um one. The only one which, that exists which about Chechen the first war? and second Chechen war. Yeah, the first and second. Well, it's about both. The guy was in oh, both of them. Was it, um, but fucking I think Sean or from, Sean I thought I had it like right here. Yeah. But, um Obviously, I don't think I ever read it, but I remember Sean telling me about it a, like a long time ago. It's really good. I'll, I'll look at the name, but he talks about it. It's just like, you know, how this you get to a certain point and everyone just steals, yep. you know, and like soldiers don't have food or they don't have body armor because your officers or their officers officers sold it. You know, like you're fucking trading pop flares to the Chechens for marijuana and then they're using that in ambushes against you that night. Like, you know, it's just the, the corruption is so rampant. Well, it circles back to Afghanistan. The Soviet troops were selling ammo to the Mujahideen. And what they would do is they would boil it in water because they thought that if you boil the ammo, it would render it useless when they 
eventually come back and use it because they knew exactly where the ammo was going. They didn't think, oh, these random guys want to use this for hunting. No, these are like five, four, five rounds or whatever. So they were like, okay, let's still sell them and make money, but let's try to do what we can to make them duds or whatever. And I'm not sure the how effective that was, if effective at all, but it's been pervasive, especially in you know the Soviet Russian militaries. Even up to today, I'm seeing a huge amount of guys selling off their gear to the point that it impacted the guys deploying into Ukraine not having gear because it was all sold off by them or their officers. There was a even friggin' um thing with old MSW stuff and used to like fucking pay guys and grew units and shit in Russia to like steal stuff from the armories to sell them it so they could like use it at their airsoft events in America. Yeah, well, it was going like, on up yeah. until 2021. I mean, even today it's still going on. <laughs> Uh, it's it's really nothing new, and I, I find out a lot of people figure out, like, oh, where are you getting this? Like, that's so weird. That's so strange. But it even happens in the U.S. You'll find full sets of brand-new IOTVs and helmets on Facebook Marketplace because there's some dumbass boot who's out there selling off his full kit because either he's just stupid or I, I don't know. But you just see things like that pop up every once in a while. Even a, my buddy, um, when he came back from Afghanistan, he was 2504. They had a Connex full of 50 cows. They packed up, locked up, it left Afghan, whatever. When it got back to Fort Liberty, Bragg, whatever, um, it was full of concrete blocks. <laughs> to the weight, to the ounce, they weighed it in fucking uh, JBAD where they were. Like, That's so crazy. Uh, so somewhere, a whole mini Connex of 50 cows disappeared. Like, I mean, I believe know, it. <laughs> out of a C-17 somewhere in the world. And it, yeah. You just, well, you think you see things like that all the time. Like, I believe. Missing F-35? <laughs> <laughs> the U.S. I remember there was a, a poster that circulated around on the internet of like wanted posters. When a certain amount of guns go missing, I guess CID will put out wanted posters. And at one point. So I think they stole like M249s and M4s and there's like a wanted poster for these missing fully automatic weapons that went missing in the United States. Yeah. But I, as far as I know, weapons go missing in the United States and get sold. A lot. A lot. Yeah, it's not lot. like a, it's not an isolated incident. And I think a lot of people think that, oh, we're Americans, that would never happen here. But it does. Um, um, money. Here yeah. locally in Maryland... Uh, there high crime there area. Was, <laughs> there was a uh, goddamn. There was there was a, a, a crate of grease guns that were stolen from Fort Meade, um, and this was the god. This is fifteen years ago at this point, and uh, that was that was a big thing. I remember that because I think they caught the guys. They it was just a bunch of servicemen. They like oh no one will care about these at the time sixty five year old guns, and it's like. They just took them, and then I think they policed them up one by one. They were selling them in Baltimore and like all this other stuff, and it's crazy. That's yeah. so crazy. I never heard of that <laughs> episode of The Wire. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, yeah, I, I heard a story. I, I might have been from through Facebook or something like that, but it was like there was a guy. He was on Facebook Market selling. He was like fifteen saw barrels, and he's like, "Hey, uh, who needs like fifteen? It was either that or M two forty barrels," and everyone was like, "What?" Like, where did you get all these? He's like, oh, and he, they, they, like, found him in his car or something, like, when he was trying to leave the base. It was some crazy shit like that. But, yeah, it happens Jesus. so much. But you think, like, here of how strict we are with 
inventory and stuff like that. Think of what happens in Russia. Like, there are dudes probably with, like, cornets and, like, F1 grenades and everything you could possibly imagine just sitting in their house because... Well, there's that story of the the guys who bought the surplus crates in Russia. They, they went and, you know, they sell stuff off at bases, and the guy bought, like, a few hundred crates of just wooden crates and, I guess, hauled them back to his place and found, like, 42 AKs on pristine condition packages inside because nobody thought to look through all the crates before they were sold off for scrap wood. The same thing <laughs> happened The same thing happened here in the U.S. not too long ago. I remember that guy. It, yeah. it literally, oh, I don't know if it was this year, maybe last year now. My time is all blending together. But, you know, the U.S. government auctions off stuff all the time, and somebody bought a bunch of storage containers – Got them home or got them to wherever they were storing them and started going through them and found 16 M16s full auto that, you know, nobody thought to check these crates before they went out the door. It's fucking it's crazy. It's a warehouse like any. Mm-hmm. I, I I knew a guy and Seth might have known him. He was, uh, I forget his name, but he was a, the guy that hosted Red Divide 2. Hotspur? Fuck he was. Uh, no, the old guy that Brandon knew that was kind of crazy, lived in the trailer. Anyway, it's a good start um, to a crazy story. I like that. Yeah, long, long story short, he went to Russia for like a PMC job. He was like hired to work at the embassy for something stupid. Um, and he collects radios. So he went to like all these surplus shops and bought a ton of radios. And he's going home and like he's going to, you know, check this stuff. He's got like probably four or five crates. And he's in the airport, checks it, no problem. Good to go, right? About to get on the plane. All of a sudden, FSB shows up and they want to arrest him. He's like, oh, fuck it. Long story short, ended up being that he was not allowed to export the crates, but he could export the radios. So he had to take the radios out, the crates, and put them in, like, he's bought, like, luggage and checked them through that. And then they're like, okay, and he had to pay a bullshit fine of, like, a thousand rubles. And then they took the wood crates away, and then he was able to oh, leave the no, country. Oh, no, a thousand rubles. Not, 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 <laughs> not like, two dollars. Oh, man. Oh. It's like, what the fuck? Is I think like, a okay, thousand you know? and rubles is, like, what, ten cents nowadays? I think it's, it's four thousand rubles oh, for a dollar right now. Yeah, it's like a bullshit fine, you know? And But the comment something you, you said, Seth, um, I have a friend of mine um, who, he's a Soviet Afghan war vet, and he was in Soviet Af- he was in Afghanistan from 84 to 85, um, but he was in the Russian military for a few years before that. He was in a, he was a BTR-60 commander, and he was just like, you know, anything that was rifled, if it went missing, it was 10 years in jail. And he was talking about this one training mission they went on once, and this one guy went to go take a piss. He, like, got out of his vehicle. They were stopped alongside of a road, went, took a piss, got in it, and they were driving, and he realized he lost his bayonet, and the whole column went back. They all got out and they had to search for it because if he lost it, they would all be in trouble for it. So it was like, it would be. It's very hard to steal stuff back then, and this is a big thing in the Soviet Union where you had to weigh everything. Everything had to be weighed, especially food and stuff, because they were worried about you know people stealing stuff because it was very common in that kind of system. So yeah, they're very draconian. And then ninety happens, and then basically oligarchs <laughs> thing you know well even before that so. because they they were selling like ags 17s and stuff to the mujahideen so it was at mm-hmm. that point it was like the the risk and oh. the money it the bayonet okay one guy with no power that's a concern but if you're an officer who nobody's really looking over your shoulder and you say hey this is a lot of money for this system or whatever that i can make in pocket myself they're going for it 
Oh yeah, that was his experience, mm-hmm. you know, which is probably more of a general experience. I'm not saying. That oh it didn't yeah, happen. absolutely. He I, even I'm talks just about that it's interesting he, that in some cases you can have mm-hmm. the entire column going back for a bayonet, and in other cases you have AGS-17s being loaded off the back of trucks. You know. <laughs> yeah, and then meanwhile, when he goes to Afghanistan, he ends up. He says the arms markets are insane. The Western markets are insane. He buys like Deep Purple fucking cassettes. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all they listen to while they're fucking in, like, their BTR. And they end up with M16. They just have it in their fucking BTR. And they're like, we didn't have any ammo for it, but it was cool. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and then... But it was, like, a different world. Like, it was really a Wild West. The border was insane. Like, you went across the border, and then, you know, it was a different world. Um, But they did let guys get away with some stuff. You know, it's... Like, even in Vietnam, there was crazy arms markets and shit. Like, I have a great memoir... Where a guy, it's called Blood on the Risers. He ends up uh, at a Saigon Arms Market and buys a Candy Eight in 1968. You know, so like this, it's just crazy. All these wars generate these side things. Um, well, what I was going to say is that, so this is a topic that was in debate amongst my friends for a long time about M16s used in Afghanistan because that's a whole other thing. That's a, you could do an entire podcast episode on that. Yeah, there have yeah, been guys that have been done whole papers and, and, you know, and things like that on it. But from what I know, and just sort of like a brief synopsis of it, is that in the beginning of the Soviet-Afghan War, uh, the KGB was actually bringing in M16s that they took from Vietnam to give to, to like, stash around and say, like, oh, why are the Americans getting involved? So they're using sort of as, like, a political tool, but then, lo and behold, we didn't give a fuck, and we just started sending them, you know, stingers and everything under the sun so it's sort of a weird topic but i honestly don't think there was one place that m16s came from i'm sure that we gave them some i'm sure that the russians probably brought some in maybe for I, I don't think we gave them m16s i think it was the pakistanis or pakistan so yeah, i know that, that they were, uh, yeah, they, they were brought like, in but yeah. from what i know because the u.s didn't want to be too involved i mean until they started giving stingers and stuff like that in the earlier part of the war they were giving them stuff like enfields and grease guns and stens and all those older weaponry, which and you Kyber see. Pass Webleys. Yeah, basically, that's what they were getting. Um, <laughs> until the Pakistanis were the ones who started bringing in Chinese AKs and M16s and all of that. And I'm sure, you know, the KGB brought them in as well. It is a very interesting subject because you do have a few photos that exist, like some of the groups and shit um, of M16s in Afghanistan. I'll have to talk to him again. He, he's a big gun guy. He's a really funny dude. Um, but to get his story, maybe recorded, you know. But they did find one in 84 in country. And it's funny because in Soviet cinema, like whenever they want to show the West with an M16, they would turn STGs into yeah, M16s. Yeah, they'd add carry handles. In yeah. this like crazy They're- conversion. Like they would like, oh my God, they looks, they, it looks horrible. But that would be like their like Western, you know, troops mm-hmm. <laughs> rifle. I got to find some photos of it, but it's pretty funny. But yeah, the M16 in the Soviet cinema and stuff is, is hysterical. Um, um, just to chime back on the cinematography real quick. I did look up the guy. Um, Mike, uh, uh, who here? Mike, have you seen, have you seen Bad Boys 2? Uh, some of it. Yeah, it does look like that. Yes, I know. Because it about. is. Yes. Because okay, it's the yeah, same yeah, cinematographer. Yeah. And yeah. and once I read that, I went, that explains the harsh angles. Right. That the only explains thing I all those harsh angles. Yeah. The only thing I remember about Bad Boys 2 is that scene where the pool breaks, the dog rips the pool apart. 
And... Uh, really? That's what you remember? <laughs> yes. You remember that scene? <laughs> you don't the remember best... the Haitian like drug outpost where it's like no. all that really interesting cinematography? I, I remember... You remember the dog going through the pool? I'm sorry. What <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? As Will Smith says in that scene, that's some funny shit. <laughs> I, I, I remember Reggie, all right? That's what I remember. If you want to talk about funny shit. I haven't seen that, but I haven't seen that, that in so long, but I just remember that the dog is chained to the pool and he runs and the pool breaks apart and Martin Lawrence I do goes remember that. Yeah, sailing yeah. into the water. Because he spent all that money on that pool and yeah, he can't catch then, no break because he's now then, a father. And then Will Smith's like, that's some funny shit. So, um, yeah. Another great Easter egg is the hotel employees. Fucking <laughs> when I moved to America, I am not going to move to Brent. Oh, <laughs> yeah. fucking, it's, it's fucking OJ. Right. Like, OJ it's Simpson, so fucking yeah. yeah, it's just again Here's there's so your many key gems with prostitutes in it. Here you go. It, it, yeah. yeah, right? Fucking it's just there so was well uh, I mean I guess it I, I don't know how uh you know ca- uh, cautious arms dealers and warlords are when it comes to firearms, but there was like some crazy shit going on like when jared when they they go into the whole fucking like concrete warehouse of all those rifles and jared little's like oh yeah they work just fine it's just like that's motherfucker a dude that's that's a hollywood yeah thing. like that's a hollywood yeah. thing yeah well like when you go to the kyber pass you shoot all the you test all the weapons on the roof and you shoot towards the fucking mountains yeah that's what you usually well, do you didn't <laughs> fucking test mine that's for goddamn sure guys because yeah, it would have blown <laughs> up and then also yeah. like nicholas cage gets shot through the side and he's just like okay anyway you know let's it's do like... cocaine <laughs> yeah. right yeah i can't sell this now it's a used weapon <laughs> that's awesome after, a, after <laughs> a guy gets shot in the face right next to him nice save it was a great nice save, save because he was like, gonna be the next bullet after that i thought it was uh you know th- there's the part towards the end of the movie where uh things kind of it's it's Jared Little's death scene where he he finally like can't take it anymore. He sees a a woman and a child get uh, hacked to death with machetes or something, and he's like, oh, it's like now machete. Kills. Now you're now you you're you're uh, you have second thoughts about this business, dude. Like, well, like yeah, you're stuff. like far deep into it now. This is not yeah. like the beginning. Like they had experienced a shootout in the restaurant across the street. They had done all this stuff. It was like it was an odd point to have your breaking point. Especially because there'd been a ton of horrendous things that had happened way before. There's the that. 2005. It's the 2005 Hollywood because you have to make it so obvious. It's like, I see a, I see a, a child getting hacked to death with a machete. Oh man, yeah. And it's like, okay, that to the viewer is the most obvious. Now like, you know it's wrong. Before I forget, I just want to interject this. This reminds me of Sahara, too, which was came out right is around. Is that, that the time. movie with um, Matthew McConaughey? Yeah, I've never seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. All right, all um, right, all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's an interesting film. It's you know, it's funny. It's like it's very stylized cinematography and very well polished. What you eat, Mike? It's like sush. Come again? E sushi. <laughs> oh, Seesh. that's Seesh. what I heard. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Remember they they cut off like you know vowels out there. It's za yeah. sushi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I I um I've never heard it called sush. That's why I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we. We tend to do that, and it drives Brian fucking nuts. <laughs> Gonna get go get some sushi well, at the okay. Rofo. We just say niche, you know? or no, not niche. No, I said it correctly. <laughs> Nichi. There we go. Yeah, Nichi. Yeah. yeah. 
It's niche, not just you clowns, but like shit. at least the other ones correct it when it's when it's been brought up. Well, I'll, I'll end up cutting this, but Brian, and you that... you have cor- you have corrected it. I have. Nathan. Oh no, is I it... have. Uh, I'm just Brian's thinking, Brian sent me it... a, a fucking Boston Clop thing, and I haven't felt so more East Coast than ever in the history of my life listening to that conversation. I was like, I hear that shit here, like, and I'm not even from fucking Boston. It fucking comes out, you know. Wait till you fucking, fucking come off Boston, my ass in two weeks, you know, kid. Fucking. We're, dude, we're going to fucking, an hour outside that place. Fucking Dick Moran, you know? Uh, <laughs> we're going to the fucking bar slash Chinese restaurant. I fucking okay? love that story. <laughs> I want some motherfucking, uh, you know, I don't even know. Fucking Pabst Blue Ribbon and some fucking General Sal's, <laughs> yeah. you know? PBR to General Sal right now, okay? You know, Gotta get a General Sal. Give me some of Fuck it. Where's my... F- a general sow and a white Russian. That's how. That's a where Wednesday. the fuck my people? Where the fuck are my Palmer one hundreds? Oh god, not this again. This is like you guys oh, did god. that for literally an hour. I was fucking pissing myself. I know it happens. Where's my fucking anyway, PBI? I think it's you know. I think it is time to go to IMFDB. Oh yeah. It is. A, <laughs> that, that'll it, take two hours. It is a um, big one, so it's probably good we start on this now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very, very shortly. Um, and as we get set up for that. I will ask you guys. So, you know, this is a film like a lot about surplus and stuff. Was there any parallels in any ways? I mean, obviously you are in tr- <laughs> arms yeah. dealers, but like, you know, it's, well, so today pre Ukraine and post Ukraine are two different worlds of sourcing things, you know? No, oh, absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I can definitely see some, some parallels. Uh, it's, yeah. it's just interesting to, to compare and contrast. Because as a casual collector, I I bought like Afghan shit, Soviet Afghan stuff like ten years ago, like tropical canteens and RD fifty fours, and I get one of everything, right? Forgot about it, and now I'm just like, can you? If you could find it, it like goes in a second, you know? It's just it's insane, you know. And that's about everything. Everything that was once common becomes scarce overnight, but it's just really insane these days. Like it just impossible i mean even even over in russia and stuff like that uh, like stuff like afghankas have really skyrocketed in price you can't get them for five bucks anymore like you used to be they're 60 70 80 bucks even over there which is saying something because that's how it well, do you know why that is though they had huge resurgence in reenacting themselves over there yeah it's it's the the u.s fucks themselves the u.s fucks themselves on surplus all the time with that. Mm-hmm. And I was waiting um, for it. So the reason that they were five bucks, cause nobody gave a shit about them. except the small community and they just want to get rid of them and all that shit. Mm-hmm. And then now they know that. <laughs> they Morty. Can... Go ahead. Keep yeah, going. Keep going. We'll, no, we'll, get, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get yeah. there. They know that cause they see, cause they have the internet. They go, Oh, these fucking uh, Rusabu nerds are paying 60 bucks a piece for these. So we're going to charge that. And there's only one source for them, which is Russia. And they're going to get it. And then you're going to have to charge 85 to 90. That's even in their local markets. So they're charging 60, 70, 80 bucks between markets that the Americans. They know they yeah. can. That's the, again, I've been, I've been, I've been dealing in surplus. I've been wheeling and dealing in surplus, not guns or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But like, I've been doing that since 2013. And that's the way it goes. It's like <clears throat> I try to get shit cheap, get it out there to people, and then all of a sudden, two years later, they're like, "Well, we're gonna charge what you were charging for that because we know it sells." Yeah, I had this guy not too long ago. He was just 
overseas guy. He was like, oh, hey, I have these items. Do you want to buy them? And I was like, yeah, of course. Like, what are your pricing? He was like, I can get tons of it. I have access to military warehouse. Oh, you're still in that phase. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, I mean, I was like, okay, let's let's see what you have and what your prices are. And then he was yep. like, okay, camo suit, $120. I was like, brother, I don't even sell that for $120 here in the United States. Are you out of your mind? They don't give are a you out of your mind? I was like, no, nah, I'm not. He was like, okay, well, I have this. I, and I just told him, like, he was like, okay, I can offer you. $90. And I was like, dude, no. <laughs> and so this is a relevant conversation to the film because this is Western people have money kind of a culture of surplus shit, just like gear and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Now, what Nick Cage's character was playing to is these quote unquote developing African countries, specifically Western Africa, North and Western Africa. They don't give a flying fuck. They just want guns. They want ammo. They want grenades. They want all this shit. And no matter what Nick Cage asks for it, they're going to pay it. But since there's no resale market in the Western world, because it's all fucking illegal, both parties profit, you know? And it's like, so Nick Cage can sell an AK at 200 bucks a piece, right? We'll, we'll just, we'll just throw out a number. It's not like an exact thing, but like an, an example. So that guy could have sold an AK to this quote unquote government for 200 bucks a piece, right? In the US, that's a $50,000 rifle, okay? He doesn't give a shit though, because there's no competition because it's illegal. It's under the it's under the fucking table, right? And even with all of his bullshit that he has to go through with getting the paperwork and the fucking uh all that shit that the ships and the the planes and everything, he's still making a killing cuz he bought that AK for $5. You know? And because they, they sold it by the kilo, which a lot of people did before the Cold War ended. Um, I know a lot of surplus right, uh, like firearm companies that bought firearms by the kilo in the 60s. And then they just sat and then now they're Inter-arms on the market. And and they, oh, no, we're talking Springfield Sporters. No, no. Yeah, I know. But that was how it was back in the 60s. It was, and stuff. It was in the, back the in the day. Yeah. And, and, and to the 80s. And then they started charging by the piece. Mm-hmm. Um Inner arms did a ton of shit. The Stendils and fucking Finland yeah. and all the other crazy stuff. Right. And so it's like you could just get this shit for pennies on the dollar, right? And sell it. And if you're if you if you're charging two hundred dollars for a government for an AK, you're making fucking bank. But there's no competition whatsoever. And the guys that they were getting it from, the the, the Soviets, the Ukrainians, the Romanians, the 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 Hungarians, whoever the fuck they got it from, they knew that. They didn't give a shit. They were like Hey, we didn't pay for this shit. We're we're making bank, so just keep it keep it coming. Yeah, they make unlimited profit shit. anyways because they weren't exactly. they didn't have to produce them or buy them. It was just like, that's hey, what I mean. We yeah. have this entire warehouse, and now I can make a thousand percent profit on anything. Even and they go, we want five hundred per AK, and then a guy like you know a guy like a Yuri Orlov would come in and be like, I'll give you a hundred, and then they negotiate, and then it's like, well, okay, two hundred per, fine. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Either way, the, both those parties are making a shitload of cash. And they don't give a flying fuck where it goes. Because it's just, it, again, it's just inventory sitting there. And I think this film actually really portrayed that well. With the endless warehouses full of shit. You got BMPs. You've got fucking T-72s. You've got choppers. I don't know. The, I don't know the aviation shit much for the Soviet stuff. But like, so I don't know what the models were. But like. You've got you've got helicopters, you've got all this shit. 
Yuri doesn't give a fuck. Okay, it works. It's cool. These guys like that. I'm going to make some money. And I don't give a fuck where it goes. It's just like that switch that you turn off of like, okay, there's a mass genocide. I'm selling to both sides. Who gives a fuck? I'm making money. I don't have to see it. And so that's, I think the film actually did very well in that of like, well, I don't care. Well, especially so. especially when he was going with his uncle and he was like, well, I have 45,000 rifles here or whatever. He was like, okay, then you're going to write central headquarters and say you only have 13,000 and to send 20,000 more. Correct. He's like, well, yep. I have 45,000. No, you have 4,000 and now you you're going to get more. Yeah, you have one. Yeah, he says you have 1,000. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, so it's like, that's the way that that shit, especially after the fall of the Soviet Union, like everything was in disarray. Yeah, guys were still in the army and shit like that, and they were doing their thing. But they, again, like it said in the film, they weren't getting paychecks. They they weren't getting so they paychecks, like, and they didn't know whether they were subordinate to the U- Ukrainian authorities or up to Russian authorities or Soviet authorities. They were like, we know we have to show up and wear a uniform, but we're not getting paid, and we don't really know who's in charge. Right. And so I, I think I think that that part of the film was actually really fucking well done. So anyway, um, let's go to IMFDB really quick and let's get it. Let's fuck this pig. It's not going to be really quick. <laughs> I said, let's fuck this pig. Yeah. Let's just do it. Let's just get it done. Um, yeah. So it, it's just, this is probably one of the bigger ones that I think we've done. No, in a long time. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh wow! I didn't. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Trivia. Yeah. What the fuck? I haven't seen a trivia section. We oh, did. This, don't we worry, did guys. Tr- this page contains spoilers. We did trivia so. in. Oh god. Yeah, this page contains spoilers. Um, guess what? Jared Leto yeah, dies. Jared Leto sucks. Jared, Jared Leto sucks at yeah. acting, and he also dies at the end. The end. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Christ, Seth. God you fucking prick. He said, he said kick, it's morbid time, kick. and then he morbed everywhere and then died. <laughs> well, at least he didn't do brown brown. At least he was a purist. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, God. Mike no, A. That's insane. Mike yes. A., that one sucked. What sucked? Morbin. Morbius? Mor- the Morbius? Yeah. Oh, that, yeah, Morbius. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> the, the, I didn't even yeah, watch Mor- it. I just... <laughs> the funny thing is, is that it got famous for being so terrible that the studio re-released it, and the whole <laughs> the community is like, no, it, it's not actually like so bad it's good. It's just bad. It was just bad. It just became an internet meme culture. So yeah, what the yeah. fuck is an SB? Single bitch. Yeah. <laughs> All right, penis. Let's fucking be if serious. If you carry one, you're s- a single bitch. This is a serious podcast. I'm so. being serious. <laughs> I don't know. Pew pew pew. Beretta ninety two single bitch. It's yeah. It's probably it's probably something uh, Beretta. Jamie, look it up. It could be the small. It could be okay, like the concealed hold on. version or the smaller version. Hold on. No, it's not. It's a full hold size ninety two. Hold on. Before we you can just click on yeah, the link. Click the on the... <laughs> don't tell me what to do. Okay, boomer. See. He pulled up this idiot. Oh, this guy yeah. again. Yeah, thank you. Introduced in 1980. The oh, automatic oh, fire okay. block safety. So this was the uh, this was the predecessor ah. to the 92. Rolls off the tongue. FS. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. I like single so bitch. glad I know that now. Yeah. Single cool. bitch was better. <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, it was. Man, it looks so feminine. I just, said, I just tried to say fuck you, but like. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say is that. Okay, yes, so he's got no. I, I do like that because the FS came out in what year? It's like the mid '80s, and then we adopted it and all that shit. But like, that's a pretty cool touch. I like that. But 
We'll talk about the Glocks here when we get to that. Smith and Wesson. Yeah, six eight six. That's a that's a fucking actually a really good pistol. Smith makes a fucking great. Too revolver. bad you can't get any. Definitely not a Taurus. Too bad you can't get any revolver over a forty five for less than a thousand, uh, less than like twelve or thirteen hundred dollars now. <laughs> that's a Nathan gun yeah. if I've ever seen. I, it. I would want one. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, that's a Nathan gun. <laughs> it's, it's obscure, it's stupid, and it's silver. <laughs> So, I don't, and that's because look, of movies like these, because they drive the price up of them because they're cool. Hold on, hold on, yeah, hold on. Yeah. Before you guys like railroad me, okay? Like I, <laughs> I don't gun. like nickel plate guns. I like unique, weird oh, guns. I agree. Difference. Yeah, that's it. That's he why likes, there's a Dreisel 1907. Okay? He likes like, he likes forgotten Dreisel. weapons. Dreisel. He does. What do you think about this one, Nate? <laughs> yes, oh he fuck does. you! That's actually really cool. Yeah. Well, thanks to The Walking Dead, those are so fucking expensive now. It's not a fucking python, right. you retard. I know that. <laughs> I'm just saying. Do you think the other boomalotties know the difference between a python and something that's silver and revolver that's bigger than a hey, 3740? Hey, hey, Birch, is that a used gun? It is. Definitely. You <laughs> can't gun. sell it. Uh, it's not worth a lot, then. Yeah, can't yeah, sell can't it. Can't sell it. You're right. I'm not going to sell it because it's fucking awesome. Oh, that's right. I forgot Bilbo Baggins gets fucking domed. Yes, it's Ethan yes. Holm. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Ian Holm, dude. Yeah. He's also the the oh, he's also man. Ash in Alien. Yes. Yeah, no, Ian Holm's great. Like he blocks. died twenty twenty. I think so. Yeah. Okay, so this is where I had an issue because it doesn't say what year they're in Colombia. So the Glock seventeen was like I think released on the market in like the fucking nineteen eighty four, I believe, right? I'm not even going to read this yet. I believe it was released in 1984 in like the Austrian military. Um, also, he had, there was a Gen 2. There were Gen 2s in that box, which didn't come out until 1994 or 5. Even the Gen 1. Talk about that okay, one. So, that box. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's, a, that, that's not even a fucking Glock. That's a fucking... They didn't put that texture on the fucking first uh, Gen of Glocks. Those look like H&K pistols. Yeah, they look very odd. It could just be the angle, too, with the lighting. They're airsoft yeah. guns, probably. Well, yeah, it could be. Go, go up for a second, Nate, and then we'll, we'll get off of this. It's not, I'm not going to spend a lot of time. But, so also, the Glock. Oh, the scene takes place in 1989. Okay, that's more believable. But those are Gen 2s. If, yeah, I mean, those are Gen 2s. They didn't come out till like, fucking six, seven And the middle later. ones are Gen 3s. Yeah, they are, because anyway. they got the fucking, yeah. So that, that 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 was shitty, but like whatever. Mike A, you see that muzzle flash? I do see that. Yeah, sexy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Star Model B, nice. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's cool. Well, let's see. What the really the Star Model B in the flight of the Phoenix? What? How the fuck did they get that out of that? I can't see huh. that fucking thing for shit. Maybe here. They might just be guessing. Mm, a little bit sad from, uh, <laughs> they're probably just guessing. Yeah. Well, it's just a regular 1911 or something. And yeah, like, exactly. It looks like a 1911, but like... I love me a Star Model B. Oh, fuck yeah. Dude, they're fucking great, great pistols. So, Star Model B is in red. Okay, yeah. That, that's something that I, I didn't pick up. So, whatever. Hmm. Uh, Macro. Yes, I did see this. Yep. Yep. The PM. Yep. He points it at him. Yep. Daisy taught me to hate this gun. They're actually not terrible. They're not great, but they're not terrible. <laughs> nice quote. <laughs> not great, not terrible. Not 
great. Speaking I've of Soviets. Shot, I've shot a lot of them. So, yeah, the micro Uzi, right? So this is this fucking thing, right? And, yes, they do make 25-round mags for them. They are small, but, like, why would they be – this was also an IMI, like a uh, – God, even in the 80s, it would have been hard to find these. That's that presentation I was talking about, Mike. Just yeah. go to Temple, apparently. Absolutely. Go to Temple. So present- yeah. What? Just go to I Temple. Think if, I think yeah. if this was the 80s, it would have made more sense if they were like Mac-10s or something. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, they would have had uh, they had mini Uzis, yes. But like in the 80s, though, the micro Uzi was like in all the movies the and shit. So. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a micro Uzi. And they're, again, they're not great. They're not bad. They're heavy as fuck and they're bulky as fuck, but they very accurate and they work great. It's they're almost as useless. Oh, the as MP5 this. came. Would you like a silencer? Well, that? for a personal defense weapon, that's not a bad choice. Like a really small, oh, no, 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 fucking whatever. But yeah, it's it, it wasn't everything. Of course, same with came. the micro Uzi. It was like the good guys yeah. and the bad guys, and it's like, huh? Always on a one point like that. <laughs> well, no, I I literally have my micro Uzi on a one point. So, <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> so, there's no other sling you're allowed to put on it. You know? Right. Cause you can't but like, yeah, the, the A2, A3, that's a solid dude. The MP5 I think is probably the best submachine gun ever made. And that's going against the PPSH mm-hmm. 41. Well, you, you see it everywhere now. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, they're, they're, they're a really fucking well-designed submachine gun and that's, yeah, that's why they're used. But, um. They are, are the best made submachine gun since the Second World War. Hold on, sure. I want to, I want to, I, I want to ask you a question. So, you think the forty-one lines up with the MP5? No, I think the MP5 is better. Okay. Um, because it doesn't waste as much ammo. It's more controllable. Right. It's not as heavy. Right. Um, it is more expensive to produce. Yes. Right. But the fire rate and the um, the roller block, uh, the roller lock system, rather, uh-huh. is so much more efficient than a just direct blowback bolt operation it's basically a, you know it, yeah it's a roller block so it's like a, a mini uh, has, uh, I'm just I don't, i've never really uh, asked this set before but has anyone ever shot one of these yes and it's I here have. yes uh i have but not full Very controllable yeah, i've shot a semi and they're yeah. they're full fantastic. auto it's it's you you can't tell is the firing rate is the firing rate similar to a 41 yes okay. it's very fast yep okay I think I think it's so that so that's why you're making that comparison then. Yeah, I think it's okay. 900. If uh, so, Chris, uh, is it? Do you know the fire rate of an MP5? Off the top of my head, no. Uh, we can find me, out. Yeah, there. Google it really quick. I think it's around 900. I was gonna say eight or 900. I think. Yeah. Yeah, about eight 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 hundred. Eight hundred. Okay. Oh God, the the non folding stock. I haven't seen that in a long. Those time. Those are fucking awesome. It's so. That's so 90s swap. It's, just, it's a G3 stock. <laughs> that's all it is. It's a G3 you know? stock. And yeah. yeah, they're fucking. That's. I, I, w- I would argue. The fucking light underneath. <laughs> oh my that's God. That's how many movies. That's how many movies they've been in. Oh, yeah. I would argue that that is the best submachine gun ever fucking it, fielded. Yeah. It's definitely up there. So. Do you, do you think so, even in modern use? Yes. I mean, because they're pretty. They're not as common as they used to be. They still are used, but they've definitely been replaced by other things. Like um, what? MP7, for example. MP7s. Okay, but that also uses a proprietary fucking weird-ass caliber, mm-hmm. and it's extremely... But that's where the shortcomings come from, because you're using a 9mm round. 
when its application is used in places where it's like it probably should be a higher cartridge because yeah that's, that's why lot, people use yeah. that's why people use short barreled rifles and stuff now instead of MP5s that's why plated armor around. plated armor is becoming much more common it's like it, it back in the day it was like well, yeah times have changed chest yeah. rigs but now it's all armor so it's like that's why okay that's but, why there's MP7s yeah. exist is because of the the, the but but does 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 that actually has there been besides studies that have been bought and paid for are there actually is there actually any proof of that an mp7 with the uh what the fuck is the cartridge the five, five or the four the five, five seven yeah it's five seven okay because the mp9 is a different caliber correct mm-hmm. it's the same thing as the fn five seven no i know that but like there was they, they, they experiment with a bunch of these fucking weird yeah apps. there's like a 4.9 by four point, yeah something. that's what i was thinking yeah of. so the five seven they have a ballistic tip on it and so I find it very difficult to believe that that will go through level three alpha and four armor, like they claim it does. I think it's a I think it's a fucking marketing scheme. That's my opinion. Doesn't mean it's a fact. Um, so I don't know, but like a uh, nine millimeter, it it also gets a bad rap. But yeah, what are your thoughts, Seth? Nine mil, like you know. You got to think of like, you know, they wanted a platform like with the Uzi, for example, it's like they wanted a light platform to be able to implement this weapon on and something that could fire the same round as a Sten. They basically just wanted a Sten, but something that was improved and much more user friendly. Yeah. Obviously, back then when the when the Uzi was invented, you weren't going up against guys with body armor. You're going against guys with chest rigs and helmets that nine millimeter could just go straight through. You're then there were shorter engagement distances as well, and obviously they were used like. You know, special. That's why slowly, you know, you see yeah, the with trench you, you see with the MP5, yeah. it's like yeah. you see a lot of more special forces using them because they're in those closer engagements. But what's well, a submachine? It's a submachine gun. Yeah, gun. it's not meant for long range. Yeah. yeah, but I think with the with the sh- and obviously like back then we were fighting the Cold War, we were fighting a lot more like proxy conflicts, and it's like there was a lot of you know you're fighting enemies that were fighting a guerrilla war and didn't have access to armor or any of those like greater things. But I think like the paradigm started to shift a little bit. We're not talking about fighting terrorists anymore. We're not talking about fighting guerrilla wars anymore. We're talking about fighting other nations that have very, very fleshed out and more advanced militaries that are fielding body armor. So it's like, I think that's sort of the idea of where the MP7 and other like PDW, like submachine guns are coming from. It's like they want something with that light package where you get that recoil control, but can also have somewhat of a chance. And like, I agree. Like, I don't know if like the whole lore as to whether it can penetrate you know, level three or greater armor is true. Maybe it could. I don't know. There's probably some very particular circumstances that have to be in order for it to do that. But like, I think that's why you're seeing that shift over time. So, well, here's why I think that's a gimmick is because um, I think FN they didn't really succeed as much as they wanted to with the five seven cartridge and the P90 and the uh, the five seven pistol. Yeah. And I think it's just kind of like being overblown because. Even if somebody's wearing hefty armor, if you hit them with a burst of nine millimeter, they're not just going to be like in. They're, they're not just going to be no, standing it's up. Gonna, they're going to be. And, yeah, and, 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 and the M- yeah. MP7 is chambered in four point six by thirty, so it's not five seven. Oh really? Oh. Yeah. So it, it's specifically oh, no. for armor piercing capabilities because and the MP9 during, is still the same caliber. Um, MP- I'm pretty sure they're the same. They just uh, they modified it or upgraded it for the mp9 
But yeah, it's the four. The, point. Yeah, the MP9 is in nine by nineteen. Oh no, shit. Okay, so they went back to that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's kind of what I'm, I'm asking. Is like, you know, it's just because like the Uzi, right? I, I have a semi-automatic version of the Uzi. It's a heavy motherfucker, yeah. but it's very controllable. I mean, extremely even in full auto, it's it's very controllable. Yeah, and, and it's like you know, it's it's very user friendly. It's fucking simple to take apart, clean, uh, operate. It's it's a great weapon. It's extremely heavy. Now the MP5, I think, is a better submachine gun because it's yeah, it's bigger. It can be bigger. But it's more streamlined. And oh, it's absolutely! Also I don't think anybody's arguing that it's not a good machine. No, no, no. Gun. I, I know. I think people not, are saying, like the, yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting to see because there is a reason why that everybody has mm-hmm. moved away from the MP5 to things like the MP7 or short-barreled rifles and stuff like that. Yeah, but exactly. I, I mean, I think it's a phenomenal yep. machine pistol. Don't don't get me or not machine pistol. Oh yeah, no, it, don't, it, don't I, get that's me why wrong. I think it's, it's the best. It's amazing. Yeah, I think it's the best so far that we've we've got because again, the submachine gun has its place. I think it still does in, mm-hmm. in, 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 in a modern conflict and everything. Um, but yeah, I mean the Uzi, I, I would put the Uzi and the MP five up at the top of best performing submachine guns currently as we oh, speak. Yeah. I shot a full auto Uzi like years ago and like without a doubt, that was like the smoothest. Yeah. Action. The MP five is, is even more oh, than, yeah. than yeah. the Uzi. It's insane. Yeah, so the AK-47, and I'm glad they actually had real, like, in the scenes where they actually um, showed them up close, they did have milled AK-47s, not AKMs. They, and, had, some, um, they had type 1s mm-hmm. in there, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a slab side right there. Yeah, exactly. And they had slab. They had a lot of slabs in this film, which is, like, porn, mm-hmm. you know? But, like, that would have been realistic, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. The actual AK-47. Yep, right there. Beautiful shot. Yeah. The angles are just great. Oh, I love it. It's it's that it's beautifully shot. The cinematographer gets a fucking A plus for me. Like that was Mike, yeah, I think you went to the bathroom. Did you hear that it's about a voice two and national treasure two and Yes. Yeah. yeah, I heard that. that. Yep. Okay. Yeah, yep. that's the that's who the cinematographers. And then he worked a lot with Nick Cage after this and before yeah. this. So it seems to be someone who liked working on Nick Cage movies. Yeah, it, Definitely, no, definitely really well shot. I have zero complaints about the shots or cinematography in general. So, yeah, more, t- look at that. Beautiful fucking rifle. Beautiful fucking milled rifle. Yeah, and the AKM is definitely in there. Of course, it's going to be. Not the best shot I would use for MFDB, but <laughs> those are underfolders, but. And the guys who couldn't hit a guy. Yeah, behind a wooden behind table. table. Yeah. Yeah. But you give me a 30 round fucking magazine and tell me to hit a guy 10 fucking feet away from me with an AK. It's, 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 it's not going to end well for the other guy. Yeah. They called me the Bubba Yeager. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah, call so me it's like shooting rats in a hallway. Me the bu- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's fucking, I, does the, does this explosion come with a new change of clothes? Well, I mean, if you want a baby bop, I can do it. I mean, he yeah, stalks his enemies, and then right before he kills them, he goes. Beep, beep, beep. Well, no, I did like I did like the honestly like throughout the film, like you see type ones, type twos, and then you see AKMs. Yeah, and it's like that's realistic because they would yeah. have had all those. They would have mostly AKMs. The AKMs. Yep, there we go. So we've had this fight before. I like this. I think this is the best AK. And you guys yell at me and tell me that weird atrocity. I have a Polish one, and it's not that great. I'm going to be honest. The folding stock is is, hor- is horrible. <laughs> 
I have to disagree. I really have to disagree. I think it's a wieldy gun. I think it looks good. It is. Think... With that in mind, though, there are better alternatives, in my opinion. Okay. Oh. The coat hanger one that they're all going to fight me on just now, that thing is terrible, and I don't care what anyone says. You talk like about like the East wire, German, like, the wire side pool. Yeah, wire those, those are terrible. Yeah. Thank no. you. Thank you. They all, all, Brian and Mike are going to just castrate me now because I no, said that. No, this, this, really quick, Brian, and then you can go. It's not going to take long. Yeah. This fucking sucks. It does. I agree. <laughs> well, it's like, it looks like the PPS 43. It's like the PPS 43. That, that <sighs> folding stock sucks. Yes. I understand that. It fucking that. sucks. But if you talk about aesthetics, it, 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 if you talk about aesthetics, that is better. If you told me that wireframe feel that coat hanger feels better on your shoulder, then you were fucking high. No, 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 I no, don't no, think that, anybody's no. But they they're no, going no, to, they're who? going to. You two, Brian, you Brian, two go fought ahead. me last Brian, time go ahead. about the wire. I didn't fight you, motherfucker. It was in a road or whatever. You guys crucified me for it. Yeah, the AMD sixty five stock looks awesome. No, that I, that I didn't sucks. say it is awesome. That sucks even sucks worse awesome. than the Romanian ones. <laughs> but it looks cool. It, no, don't get me this wrong. This one looks, looks cool, but it is shitty. That's the thing, you know. What I love, what I used to do with my AKMS when I had two events was I'd uh, you unfold the stock, but you do it enough where the it's like locked up, but it rests on the front yeah. of the mag. Doing that as Mooj was the coolest fucking look. Oh my god! And it's a great package. It's like you have an AK. It's like three feet long and it's on your back. It's gonna hurt to fucking shoot, but it's there, you know. Yeah, it, it's just it's not, just not ideal. It the works. AKMS has the yeah. best aesthetic, and in my opinion, it looks the coolest, but it's the it's the least. Oh, you know, okay, I can, we can find common ground. Yes, out of yes, out of AKMs. But this is the under real. the fucking shoulder stock half done. Fucking, you look cool. Don't use it, but you look cool. Like you know, my go. Uh, so just to change the subject for a second uh, on this whole wire uh, stock thing, um, can you scroll up real quick? So I was talking earlier about keep scrolling up uh, to that one right there. Uh, I was talking earlier about the some of the weapon stuff in this and just how like dangerous <laughs> you know some of the uh, the guys are with it. This was one scene where he's handing out all this stuff to these people. I'm like something is going to go wrong. Like I, I, it's yeah. and that like, he's like handing people grenades and RPGs and everything. It's like, are you kidding me? Like, it's only a matter of minutes before someone fucks something up. And that, that's <laughs> kind of what, what makes a scene fucked up is because right. he doesn't give a shit. It's I know that like, but like, yeah, he's doing like, like little kids running around with grenades. He, as long yep. as all that's gone, happen. he doesn't give a crap. No, I get that. But like, I mean, that could happen like right when he hands it to someone. Just like I right, mean, right. Blow, like and yeah. kill him. Like, but if he's but if he's here with all that stuff, he's fucked anyway. So. I know that, but that was just one thing. I'm yeah. just like, yeah. dude, someone, I mean, you're all about to die in a second. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> if I were there, that's Free. what I would say. Like, are you kidding me, dude? <laughs> uh, uh, all I know is that when I go to Costco, I get really shitty free samples. Fucking this guy. You know? Yeah. I'll take a fucking AK. I'm going to the wrong I'll take places. a couple RG33 yeah. grenades. Fucking like sausage and like cheese dip. No, I want a fucking AKM. You know? Can you imagine if that happened? Like if we were, I don't know, like somewhere and like a plan lands and the guy's like, hey, you want all this shit? I'm like, you're yeah. going to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me back my car up. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You did say you'd jump into a pile of shit for an MG42. So just I saying, did do know? say that. Yes. You're going to be like Chris Tucker and Rush Hour when the money's coming down. Thank you, God. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. That's a great Thank scene. You God. Thank you, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
That literally would be, yeah. That would be you. Yeah, the slab <laughs> size. Yeah, it's the same scene like that in, in Animal House with the fucking like cheerleader ends yeah. up in the 16 Oh, yeah. Thank room. you, God. <laughs> I would be a yeah. Charlie Sheen parody Rambo with like four RPGs on my back. <laughs> That's what I would do. Right. Fucking slab sides. Uh, slab city. Yep. Now then this fucking custom gold egg. thing. Gold plated. Oh, yeah. 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 So bad. Ugh. Oh, there it is. What an ugly You had me till the ass. Is the Roverse weight stock? Yeah. <laughs> I've seen those. Oh, I mean, I, that that yeah. that whole thing. I don't know much. I'm not a AK expert in any me, but I see that like pop up and certain things. They'll gold AK, and it's like that looks so bad. I hate the look of it. Saddam. Yes, but I yeah. want one so bad just for the meme. Just for the meme. <laughs> just to melt it down into bars of gold. <laughs> Mount it in the back of your truck. That's gold like, plate. You probably get a fucking gram of yeah, gold. Yeah, you probably would get like yeah, you probably get like a half of like out of it. Yeah. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. It's, I know it's not solid gold. <laughs> <laughs> this is the whole scene is crazy with the cheerleaders and everything. Yeah, this, see, this was like stuff I was seeing in the trailer right here, and I'm like, what is this? Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I was gonna say Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders mm-hmm. got to do something on the off season. So, you know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Or on the on season, they don't have they don't have to do much either. So you know, hey man, you know I got a game yeah. Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, I took six one. Yep, <laughs> I got to be in Cincinnati by five. Yep. Does anyone have yep. uh, the Chinese six. ones? No, no. Who made the? No. Was it Century that made the semi-auto conversions out of the parts kits? Um, I don't remember. Some, it might have been somebody, somebody else. I, I can't yeah. remember. They've been so but many they've builders. But they've been dried up for years, yeah. so you can't find yep. them anywhere. God, even the SKS is the... fucking... Oh, my God. I I remember when the VFC fucking Type 56 AK came out and the Airsoft community went crazy about it because you can actually have a Chinese AK for Vietnam. <laughs> there it is. Yep. 2007. Back in my day. I don't remember God, seeing that thing. Chrome oh. dong? Yeah, oh. when was that? Damn. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh. Oh. That's, <laughs> that's that we call that the Bronx clear. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get through an intersection. Well, you know. Oh, the M- M16 See, that's the yeah. stuff I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. those were let's yeah. see what that receiver says. Era fifteen A two. Oh, they couldn't actually get a fucking Oh. M16A2. Yeah, so it's receiver. Oh yeah, 1500 rubber molded fire. Oh, it's a Colt at least. Yeah, it's a Colt, but it's a civilian oh. fucking receiver. Yeah. 1500 Again, 98% of people. Own. Also, yeah, it is. Yeah, so yeah. click on that really quick cuz there's no fucking uh bolt release. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> there's no fucking bolt release yeah, on that. Yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah. Yep, it's yep. just a solid piece of metal of It's rubber. not in the right spot at all. So yeah, it's Mm-hmm. Definitely a rubber one. Why? Three one one. Interesting. Dorenko branded, huh? It's Chinese M sixteen. Yeah. Huh. Leave it to the Chinese Vector. to copy everything we oh, do. Oh, I didn't see any vector. Yeah. Vector R five. The fuck is that? Is that a South African yeah. gun? Yeah. Yeah. It's like everything. It's like a South world. African version <laughs> of the. <laughs> The Israeli uh, Galil. Galil. Galil, yeah. Galil, yeah. 
Yeah. Interesting. With even a better can opener. <laughs> the A1 with the A2 hanger. Yeah. Definitely common. Yep. Hard. Ah, yep. uh, 723. Mm. Mm. Oh. Did you say hard like like that? Nah. <laughs> All right, old man. Like you're getting hard. You pick up on the... No, I'm not doing that, you fucking pervert. <laughs> oh, so hard. Scroll down. Mike's got to snap one off. Mm. Mike, Mike's got to snap yeah. one off. Mm. Scroll down a bit. Yeah, there you go. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Is that your impression of me, Nate? That's your impression of you when you when you uh, yeah. when you burp when I, under, when under, I uh, underneath your throat when, when I belch. Yeah, yeah. That that that's that's Michael's contact photo, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dry ice on that tank? What the hell is that? Oh, they go all out. It's Seems billions of dollars, and that's like a couple dollars. How else so. do you look like he came from the ghost plane? <laughs> hey, Seth, I'm expecting dry ice in a video. Oh, we need, we, we've discussed it before. <laughs> it's Halloween. I mean, I had a question, <laughs> actually. Do you guys remember the, the ARs they were using in Platoon? Yeah, the XM one seventy seven E one. Was it the E? It was had well, it had the sixteen inch barrel. It was it was whatever the. It was it, the wrong one. It was the commander. Yeah, it was, it was the, the command. I forget which one it was, but yeah. there's some like they couldn't because they were filming what in the Philippines or something. The, yeah, and they yeah. couldn't yep. get full auto weapons or certain full auto weapons, you, so they had to. You never see E ones or E twos really used. No. I think Green Berets hasn't, but that's because it was filmed with SF help in the sixties. So yeah, like, and also because the the problem is that those are mod modulators, so they're like, they're right. actually an NFA item. Okay. You know, on top of an NFA item. <laughs> so it's hard. XMs have always been very hard. Yeah. Car 15. Classic. Mm. Well, this hanger Classic. has, has the best guys. I guess. I've never even heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> the AR stuff, I'm just like, woof. Over my head. Oh, it's it's fucking it's an yeah. it's it's a rabbit hole. It's, it's the insane. AKs. I've over the last like five or six years, I've gotten really into kind of like the weird variables, just because of course now one they're getting so expensive you can't even get them anymore. So the, I love BZ fifty eight so much. They're yep, funny. They're a lot better. Yeah. They eject the rounds. They go straight up. Yeah. Like, they do. <laughs> I used to hate them. I used to yeah. absolutely yeah. loathe them. Really? Yeah, I hated them. Couldn't stand them. It, very recently, I've come around to them. But not as an AK or an AK platform, and a well, lot of people say, "Well, but a lot of people like to lump them in, and be like, oh, that's just a, the Czech AK,' yeah, and then it makes me like cope and see it and go, no, it's not.' And then I'd be like, that gun sucks. It's and smaller. Then, uh, than the AK. I completely wrote it, wrote it off, and then I saw it, and you know, I thought about it. I just really wish they took AK mags. I really do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would be great. But the Czechs did that in, intentionally. Yeah. With, with it, all their fucking weapons. It does you know? look like an AK that was left out in the sun a little too long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? The ones with the folding stocks, like, yeah. though, are, are, are very cool. Oh. Well, dude, what's funny is that, like, a thousand of those made it to Vietnam, and they show up in, like, veterans' photos, like, yeah. a lot. They're, really? It's crazy. Yeah. 500 of the stocked ones and a thousand of the paratrooper versions were sent in 68, and they show it's, up. It's funny. That's what they use uh, in um, – Full Metal Jacket. That's what they all use in that movie, and I yeah. thought that was a mistake, but I guess it, you know it could be very possible. specific circumstances. Yeah, there's, I have a great photo somewhere of a bunch of gooks dead in the wire. It's 69 dated like Kodak photo, and they all have paratrooper fucking BZ 58s. Mm-hmm. So I mean, and then you also see some guys have East German helmets and stuff, 
as well. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the famous like, oh, photo from the A-Shop that came out recently. A hundred first guy with one on going up. Yeah, that, that's a very famous photo. Yeah. The, the Czechs sent a shitload of VZ-52 helmets as well. Like you see mm-hmm. those pop up everywhere. Truck drivers and anti-aircraft crews supposedly were, were the ones that used those because they were attacked so much. Um, and they show up randomly in, in the NVA, but very, very rare. Who the fuck's wearing you know, a helmet G3, in the jungle? G3A3. Yeah, they usually wore them with those weird body armor vests. It was a pair. They had the East German helmet and the, the body armor. I don't think I've heard of that, to be honest. East yeah, German body v- armor? V- no, it oh, wasn't oh, East German. It was a local yeah, yeah, South yeah. Korean, but they... Or, sorry, not South Korean. Yeah, North Vietnamese. Vietnamese yeah. But they would wear them specifically... There's several pictures of them with the East German M56. Uh, yeah. as Because, like you said, they were vehicle drivers. They were the NVA, yep. not like Viet Cong yeah. or anything. The fucking... <laughs> There's some great Vietnam War folk songs like about uh, sit, instead of sitting on the dock of the bay, it's chained to the cab of my truck. Fucking Valley Coach Human drivers and shit. Anyway, Henry assault rifle or survival takedown rifle. That's just an AR-7 or whatever, right? Yeah, it's the predecessor, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, the, well, those little airs, they use them in Vietnam, so. I've never really been into survival rifles, survival to be stuff, honest. Man. They never really me neither, but it just looks cool. It does, it you don't have to cool. survive. There's that like Kimber or something that folds in half. That's pretty nice for survival. Yeah, yeah, I've seen those. Yeah. No, the K98 with the straight bolt. Love that. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. L1A1. I still I need one that. of these. I love. Yeah, I've seen an They're amazing. L1A1. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, ones are better. You can use fucking Bren mags for them. They're fucking beautiful. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> a custom Truvello CMS sniper rifle. Who gives a shit? <laughs> See, my <laughs> sentiments, Nate. Uh, <laughs> I don't care. Comes a lot of the modern Shotgun guns. Smith and Wesson. The majority of this is like taken up by random one-off guns that are in his storage container yeah. and never seen ever again. <laughs> no, nope. right. but it's IMF to be. They got to cover every single thing. Yeah, uh, M60. M60. Yeah. That's a weird one. I've never seen that before. Yeah. Yeah, what's an M60? <laughs> Look, it's it's not like that one gun. We never know what it is. It starts with an yeah, M big one? something. Yes. Yeah. This guy's like so weird. fucking Tuco Salamanca. <laughs> I love Mag 50H. Yeah, me too. Trust me. Fucking awesome. Fucking beautiful weapons. There was someone trying to... Someone on Gunbroker was selling a parts kit, I think, for 6K. Yeah. It was beautiful. I do like all these like shots of like or all the mont like I said before the montages of him like bribing people and it's all the different languages and mm-hmm. hearing oh. hearing Nick Cage trying to do I guess Cantonese I don't or I don't know well at least he could fucking do it Brad Pitt you're 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 just gonna be fucked if you try to get him to <laughs> do anything the Repug Seven that's one we don't see we don't recently we rocket propelled guinea pigs. Retard pussy gangster. <laughs> RGD five. Yep. 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 See, like, okay, yeah, uh, like that right there. <laughs> that that image. Yeah. It's like, dude, you're about to have a fucking mistake happen. What do you mean? You ever like? <laughs> you ever like give every vices out and like you know just give grenades out like kids? it's candy? Yeah. Yeah, but I, I'm Look. pretty sure during these storage crates, they wouldn't have been stored with the fuses in for transport. No. They're always Correct. separate. So it's always like. 
if this was real, there would pretty much be no chance of them blowing up unless somebody physically took them and screwed it in and was like, oh, that's... Yep. Let's, let's be completely honest here. Correct. It's Russian ordinance, so half would of them uh, work anyway. Would, would they still... Would they, would, they, would, they, would they still put them in the... Uh, Easter basket uh, paper strands. Uh, <laughs> they they might be in something too, yeah. uh, similar, but they wouldn't have the fuses in. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, um, this is the same problem that we, I think we came across with uh, Tank Boy. So, Oh, yeah. It's like the grocery yeah. store in The Purge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, my yeah. hand grenades, you know? Like... All right, trivia. There yep. you go. Yep. That's what go. Chris said. Yeah. Nowadays, that would just be CG. Yeah, yeah right. That's insane. They just clone a bunch I'm of CG tanks. I'm glad it wasn't, tanks. though. Oh, yeah, I mean, no, absolutely. Really good. But, like, back today, like, they were just like, okay, just get a 3D tank and clone it. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's the difference between, you know, they blew all their CG budget in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, in the beginning. <laughs> so, it made them have to do, yeah, had them, made, them, made them stay practical. So, um. Which I will say, uh, before we launch into closing statements, you know, uh, Jared Leto gets fucking absolute fucking obliterated. <laughs> yeah, but he's Dude, still, he they, still hangs they on for dear life. Pump so many rounds into him. Your chest cavity would be like ripped apart. Yes. Yeah, it wouldn't be there anymore. <laughs> if you had adrenaline, you could hang on for about 30 seconds tops until your body physically ran out of oxygen and then it would shut down. It's like he ran to Mike B in an alleyway with like an AK 10 feet away. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> we moving to final thoughts. So, uh, who wants to go first? Why don't you go first, Brian? You never go first. Oh, fucking, you know. Yeah, you haven't gone first. I always like, like to while, finish. Actually. We all like to finish. Uh, 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 uh. You sick fuck. <laughs> Give you five you minutes. We'll see what you have to say. Never <laughs> anyway, it's a really good film. You know, um, like I had mentioned earlier, this is like probably one of the more fun films we will see or watch. And that's not to be like, oh, war is fun and, and trading black market firearms is fun. Like, no, it's just it's very interesting subject with, you know, very well cast and very well made and great cinematography. Um, in an age that, you know, it's, it's funny. It's like very extreme, yet very polished. Like we were mentioning things earlier that are funny, but they're very true. Like, you know, a polar express, um, or like Sahara, you know, it's this, the nineties was like very polished. Um, and then the early two thousands was like very polished, but very interesting cinematography. Like you're saying bad boys and everything, you know, it really is a product of its time. Um, it does have some weak aspects, in my opinion, with some of the like you know characters just showing their plot points instead of being characters. But overall, it's a really awesome film. It's great to watch. It's got so many good Easter eggs. Um, if you watch this and you you don't enjoy it, then I don't know who you are. <laughs> like every, this has something for everybody in it, you know. So, yeah, it does. I mean, that yep. being said, I'm gonna give this an eight out of ten. It's just awesome. Any day of the week, any day of the year, you, you can watch this on Christmas. You could watch this on your birthday. It doesn't really matter. It's it's a fun movie, you know. In in a way, it takes a very you know hard subject to, to talk about and stuff, but it, it puts it's it in such a light. How about yeah, that? Yeah, it's entertaining. You know. There you go. And it's cast perfectly, except for Jared Leto, who's an asshole. Fuck. Uh, but <laughs> Jesus, I you got 
you guys i think we're split here i think it's i think it's seth and brian saying he sucks oh mike a hmm. what do you think about uh, i don't mind him in the movie um i mean I, I, here's a, that's why i said like are you talking about jared leto as a person because yeah i agree jared leto as a human being is a fucking creep and a weirdo but uh yes, in terms of I agree. yeah in terms <laughs> yes. of like, his character and his performance in this movie i don't mind it yeah same so there's a difference Yes, I, I would yes, say yes. he's the weakest link of the casting. You bury me, bury me. So you know, I'm finished with you. This is, this is it's fine. Yeah, I just I just won't be casting him any of my shit. Just don't confuse <laughs> him with Jay Leno, and then you'll it'll just be really weird. It's not really hard, you know. One has yeah. talent, one doesn't. Um, the crimson chin has talent. This is, this is, hey, he made a lot of money. He, he owns cars. On. He does. He's own got car. beautiful Actually, cars. I'll, so I'll take that back. Okay. <laughs> to cut that hey man, late night he'll come after me with his chin late night tv you know well this mandible less... of might is not going to be able to do <laughs> anything to you i forgot about <laughs> the mandible i love of yes might. thank you thank you yes that is yes. funny the i passed the talking pillow to fellow jared leto fan club owner seth well i gotta say this movie's a i think it's a classic I think it's given itself the the title of a classic movie just because it's we've obviously all you know at least some of us seen it before we even decided to do this episode. Um, you know, cinematography fantastic. Uh, the story in it of itself is fucking great. I think that's like a great avenue to tap in because it hadn't really been done before. Casting, I probably would have gone a different route. Uh, fuck you, uh, Jared Leto. Uh, Nick Cage, Jesus. I'll let it slide because you're Nick Cage. Uh, Ethan Hawke, fantastic. And again, it's like, why, you know, Owen Wilson in Behind Enemy Lines, who the fuck made that decision? You could have, you had a whole list of about 800 million Hollywood pedophile actors you could have picked from, and you chose Owen Wilson. There's a reason why I didn't do the episode where they watched that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Brian and I think that movie is a classic. I think it. All right. <laughs> well, you know what? Wow. It's a very interesting wow. film for its time. Seth, wow. Cause it, just because oh, it's wow. funny to talk about. Like, yeah, I know what you mean. Owen Wilson for that role. But it's like. I got shot down over Bosnia. I mean, it's incredible. <laughs> Where's my? It's <laughs> crazy as a rope lizard. I mean, slowly take off your. Yeah. Where's Seth your tattoo? Got the impressions, dude. Jesus, they're oh. listening to the American music in the back of his truck. It's incredible. All right, I pass the the torch to. Uh... No, 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 no. You gotta penis. finish your review, man. I did. Finish your fucking review. Give he it a fucking score. Okay, I forgot to do that. All right, I give yeah. it. I yes. give it. I give it 8.3 Jared Leto's out of 10. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> right back at you, pal. We got 8.3 Leto's, okay? You're not letting yeah, that you go. Lo- you lose your fucking Virginia with that finger? Huh? I can, I can give you a good time yeah. with these fingers. Don't <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> The sexual tension between us, Mike, is just—it uh, it, it was—it was rough on set. Let's be honest. You guys should have been there. This yeah. brings five-figure like, discount to a whole new meeting. You know, I'm definitely—I'm definitely a power top, so you would have been hurting. Power bottom <laughs> Ma- made your fucking ass become flat let's, Stanley. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's get stop making right, my job Seth. harder. <laughs> oh shit. 
that's for, not appropriate. And, and, then, and as a disclaimer for people that don't know, we all shot a documentary together last month. So, oh, yes, yeah. we did. Yeah. We sure yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a very right, stressful so experience. So. We explored We explored World War II and then each other's bodies. <laughs> <laughs> By each yeah, other's bodies, we mean uh, Seth's <laughs> anus. Yeah. Well, he also, Seth got to see, and, like, and, and Chris got to see my flablanche in real life. Oh, it was, so was a sight like, to see. I'm not wearing a fucking shirt. I, I, I'm fucking I hot. never knew that Osmosis <laughs> Jones was a real person that lives in a body. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Only 90s kids Oof. remember that. Oof. Going for that the was, millennial was... juggler tonight. <laughs> Christ, <laughs> fuck, man. Like, I don't oh. know if I can recover from that one. <laughs> Some icy Oof. hot on that. Jesus. That was yeah. great. All right, so Seth, who you pass the talking pillow to? How about my, my boss man, Mr. Cruz? <laughs> I think I'm going to give this a solid 9 out of 10. Because Ooh. I think it's just an overall classic movie. There are multiple ways you can rate films. You can really go into the semantics of it and be like, oh, well, these were VZ-58s, and oh, this is a Glock Gen 2, but it should have been a Gen 1 or something. But I think at the end of the day, it was an entertaining movie. I think it had a powerful storyline. I think at the end of the day, I really did like Nicolas Cage as the casting, and I think Jared played a really good cokehead. So... I think that the casting choices were good. I think the story was good. I don't think it was a waste of time at all. I think it was an enjoyable film, and I think it's one of those that, especially if you haven't seen it for the first time, that it's definitely well worth seeing and not putting off, like, forever. Well said. Let me pass this off to, to Mike B. Yeah, what you just said is, yeah, it was. it's, it's a very good... Um, film and like i i still it holds up like again there's a lot of films that we've done on this uh podcast that i've seen years ago i watch it again and i'm like oh that, that's a fucking bag of smashed assholes like it's just not good right but this one i'm still like i enjoyed watching it today you know and i haven't seen it in years and it's like yeah it holds up i agree jared leto plays a great coke head and that's kind of the role he was supposed to play and he did it well Bored to play <laughs> What? Born, born to play. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Go on. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yes, you. I know you are, dickhead. And I just lost my train of thought. Um, I've got so, this map anyway, of Los uh, Angeles County. I'm gonna start shut, a venture. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck. I'm trying to. Ah, uh, fuck you both. Fuck the fuck the two of you. Um, Mike B, it's a map of Ukraine. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna start a Crimea. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm in here so, in, in Odessa. You know. Odessa, yeah. Oh, yeah, go Brian blowing out his fucking mic. Good luck with that one, Nate. That'll be fun. Right? Look what you fucking caused. See what you did? That's great. I hope you're happy. Enjoy. Anyway, um, so yeah, um, yeah, I thought I agree with um, you know, Brian, uh, Seth, and Kus, which means pussy in Arabic. Um but um but uh I just missed the R, I guess. But uh, no, I agree. Like the casting I thought was um, very good. And I thought it, Jared Leto, like, yeah, I know he's a fucking weirdo in real life and whatever. But like, I thought if anybody's going to play this role of like, because it's such a dichotomous relationship. It's like you got Nick Cage who's playing Yuri and then you've got Veet who is just a complete opposite of him, even though they're brothers. He's just like fucking a wild card on drugs, fucking just whatever. And then you got this guy that's really pulled together. I think that that worked out well. Anyway, um, the history behind it, yeah. And like like um, Kuss said, he, 
a lot of films will go into like the, the really sh- like small niche details. I, I combined the, the two phrases. Did you notice that? Mm, I did notice that. No. So niche details like, yeah. Okay. So we're going to pick apart this helmet, this fucking uh, uniform, this, this gun. However, if a film is this well made and well shot, that's easily forgiven easily hundred percent. So uh, the story was good. It's not really boring. It, 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 it carries through it, it fucking i don't think there's really a dull moment i couldn't really pinpoint a dull moment because it's all relevant and it all keeps moving so uh long story short the reason i said fuck you seth is because i was literally in my head gonna score it an eight three hey great minds think alike so um but yeah eight solid eight three out of ten um definitely worth the watch if you have never seen this if you lived under a fucking rock like michael has which i'm gonna pass this to after this but um it's i i I love this film i would not hesitate to show this to anybody that i know like it's it's so entertaining and like uh i think i forgot who said it but like i think it was you nate that said there's something in it for everyone or was that you brian i believe it's me yeah and there's something for everyone yeah of course you will (laughs) it's like it's just um and i think nick cage was very well cast because in my opinion, this is just my opinion. Nick Cage is all about Nick Cage, right? He might, it might not be that way in real life. It might just be a, a whatever thing that comes across to me, but he's all about Nick Cage and he plays himself and he seems like a very kind of like self centered guy. I don't know the guy, so I don't know. But if that is the case, he was cast perfectly because he played this role so well, it's so believable. And uh, I just loved it. Like his family falls apart. He doesn't give a shit. Even at the end, even at the end, he goes, no, actually, let me tell you how this is going to go. You got me. Yeah, fucker. But. I was, I, we forgot to talk about the ending. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but like the ending was fucking awesome. That was such a cool way mm-hmm. to end the movie. Cause you think it's all yep. over and then it's just like, he's, he's, he was in control the whole time. It, well, again, they keep saying throughout the whole thing, it's a Jewish saying, but like, there's always somebody up above, right? And that definitely comes through with him because, yeah, he gets caught. He gets caught red-handed. Ethan Hawke's character knows that. Valentine, he knows that. He goes, I got you, fucker. And this is my moment. And he goes, no, nah, it's not. And I thought, I, I don't think anybody else could have played that, that scene better than Nick Cage and Ethan Hawke. I don't think they could have. And I do like that juxtapose of the editing where it's flashing forward to how he's exactly he's reacting it, yeah. to that. Yeah. And 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 uh, I will say, uh, Mike B, have you seen the new Nick Cage movie, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent? Nope. Please watch that and get back to me. Okay. I I, I wouldn't recommend it if I if I didn't think you'd enjoy it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, message me once. I will. Yeah, this, yeah. 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 Because it's it's then. Nick Cage to the tenth, like the nth degree, and I think you'll like it. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, eight solid eight three. Um, I was going to go a little higher. There was just a couple things that I don't know. It, it, it glossed over so much shit that I think they could have done better. Like the details of like the transactions and shit like that, more of that. But again, you only have so much time. So I understand that, but that's the only reason it didn't get a higher score, but it's not a bad thing at all. Eight, three is fucking high for this podcast. So anyway, um, Mike, a go ahead. Okay. So yeah, first time seeing it, um, for a solid two-hour-long movie, it never bored me, and uh, uh, so that's that's pretty good right there. And um, yeah, I thought it was a 
you know, an interesting study of not only this world of this business, but also the type of person who is involved in it, you know? And, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was great. I thought it was really good. Um, don't know if I have anything else to say. I, I didn't mind Nicholas. I know, I know Seth was kind of like, ah, Nicholas Cage, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, I, I actually thought this was a good, one of his good performances. And, um, so, uh, yeah, because again, with Nicolas Cage, it's like, you know, it's one end or the other. Sometimes you're going to get something great. Sometimes you're going to get something so bad you can't even believe it. Um, but uh, in this case, I thought he was the right right guy for the for the job. And um, yeah, so uh, I, I thought it was damn, damn good. Um, I'm going to give it a just a solid eight. So, yeah, so like, you know, going into it, like uh, it's been like 10 something years. And I, for the first time in a while, I actually was excited about watching a movie this week. Not that I haven't been excited. It's just we've done a lot of movies recently where I either haven't seen it and it's kind of like how Mike B said, like, I know this will probably be like a bag of smashed assholes or I've never seen it. But I knew what I was going to be watching tonight. I knew what to expect tonight. And I enjoyed it a lot. And that's what I mean. It's just... We haven't had a movie in a while. I think the only thing that's going to maybe do that would be The Patriot, which is going to be super mm, fun to, fucking awesome. to, to I just fight. watched it. I just watched it. <laughs> um, and, so, and so that's what I mean. It's like to come back to something that I knew was so good in, in terms of what I, li- what I like out of a film. And I think the common theme here is entertainment. What, uh, yes. what everyone has been saying, it's an entertainment film. Um, it is also a war film in a way it's entertainment it's it's interesting um again i won't repeat everything i said but cinematography wonderful editing wonderful the only, okay actually one real quick the sounds i did not like there are some canned sounds in there that bothered me and i'm surprised mike a didn't comment on that say what sorry but canned sounds uh like what i i, I didn't really pick up on that either reloading reloading sounds were so cut and dry like yeah. Like like archival library sounds. Okay, I didn't hear any. Especially that I, in, especially in the CG. Scene, I usually but. pick up when it comes to those specific sound effects. I usually pick up ones that I remember from video games from when I was a kid. Right. I didn't pick it up. Wasn't one, video, yeah. It wasn't video. it wasn't video game sounds, but they're archival library. Okay, sounds, ones that you've heard sure. before somewhere else. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was the only thing I noticed, but but it doesn't detract from my score. It's just something to talk about. But no, what everyone said: acting, casting. I'm on board with 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 Jared Leno being a a good choice for this and picking the role it was um outside of the movies guys weird um but you know I would have to say tonight's going to be I would say an 8.5 out of 10 screen Mel Gibson's I want to give it a 9 but there's just a just a few little things that just hold it back, and I don't think it deserves a nine, but it definitely deserves an eight point five. So that's where I'm at. Decent. So putting all the scores into the computer that will tell us if we can actually buy an AK forty seven on the market today, we get a grand mm-hmm. score of eight point three five out of ten. So watch it. If you yeah, haven't very seen good it, score. watch yep. it. Yeah. If you have seen it, watch it. If you haven't seen it in a while, watch it. You know, watch it. It's a great movie. It's just just don't fuck up the borscht. <laughs> don't fuck it up. You know, keep on stirring. 
but uh no it's it's a really great film and i really want to thank you seth and cruz for joining us thank tonight you, for having us. you know thanks it's, for having uh, us yeah i hope you guys had some fun and uh for those that don't know you know mike b obviously has his surplus store but you know cruz and seth are part of kredishi which is this awesome as i fuck up with the name probably sorry but this awesome surplus store and these guys are doing really cool fucking shit to you know bring more stuff to the market they have really cool smocks they're just they're doing really awesome stuff get things in the hands of collectors that you know really matter um it's tons of stuff from ukraine and things so if you guys haven't heard of them please check them out just really cool Keep on doing what you're doing. And uh, Seth, dry ice, next video of holding you to that. So Yeah, that's Krushiki, K-R-U-S-C-H-I-K-I, not. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Instagram and everything. All right, guys. You want some nice military surplus? We have a very, very nice selection. If you visit our website, we've got things from all around the world, all different eras, a lot of stuff from the Cold War. So please, if you are interested in cheap surplus, go to Krushiki.com. If it's uh, a man, if you want to hear more of this guy, he sounds like he's on a fighter pilot helmet <laughs> mic right now. Roger that. Over. It's going to be a miracle if I can make it sound great, but we'll see. Uh, I'm <laughs> thinking now, and you know what? I have my lapel mic, Brandon, for work in the in my bag right here next to me. I'm just fucking Jeez, use that thanks a lot, time. man. Faggot zero two. Faggot zero two. Zero <laughs> eight. Juliet. Uh, copy over. over. <laughs> I don't have to put any VFX on your end. So, there you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to read your ad like Nicolas Cage, you know? Like, oh no, you got to do it as Owen Wilson. As Owen Wilson. Can Owen Wilson. Owen. Wilson. Owen. Hey, can, we, can we get an Owen Wilson outro? Yeah, do it. Oh, yeah, uh, do it. Do it. Do an gosh, Owen Wilson I, ad. Scuttlebutt's just incredible. I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's really something. It's crazy as a road lizard, that Brian guy. I mean, he has <laughs> <laughs> a road lizard. Just why doesn't he? You know, anymore? I've been called a lot of things, but that's not one of them. <laughs> but thank you so much for your time, guys. We'd love to have you on again. And now the only question is, how do we arm the other eleven? Catch you guys next week. We'll find awesome. out in the apparent sequel that's being made uh, of this. Movie. I was about oh, to say, yes. yeah, sequel. Yes. Yeah. Start. It starts this year. Uh, he is playing the same character, and uh, what's Bill Skarsgård is his son. Bill Skarsgård is playing the son. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave a rating. Otherwise, Mel Gibson won't stop screaming. If you like this content, make sure to check out our Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram pages. If you want to directly support our work, make sure to check out our Patreon. All these links are in the description below. Until the next time, Scuttlebutt out.